Oh. Hi. Is it working? <laughs> it is. You look so defeated. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Hi. Um, Hi, I'm Christian Akins. This is Human Disaster, Michael Lee. <laughs> Hi. Um, I've um, also described him that way before. I think so. <laughs> this are is we, just the bullying Mike podcast. I, I, I think that it would. I think it's fun to start the recording with us just roasting the hell out of you. <laughs> All I right, think more podcasts should start with a, a gentle rose. I am going to do the intro now. Is that okay with everyone? <laughs> I'm afraid at this point what will happen if you don't. So I, I, I can't wait. Let's hear it. All right. Three, two, one. Hi. This is Hi. Raiders of the Lost Pod. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Raiders Mike, of the Lost you had, Arts. You had this so many practice attempts. Your that. guest host, Michael Lee. And I'm joined today by Christian Akins, Michael Lee's friend. This is the take we're going with? This is the take we're I'm definitely going it. with. I want everyone to know that this is the third to fourth attempt at this, so... <laughs> Uh, don't worry, I'm going to be putting at least one of those attempts at the uh, end of the podcast, so uh, stick around for that. Uh, I'm Kay, but you probably know my voice already. We were re-recording this intro right now because Mike didn't like the way he said ahoy in the first one. <laughs> Certainly has nothing to do with his horrendous Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, but yes, this is Raiders of the Lost Arts. Uh, it's going to be a lot of cutting today because Mike's Wi-Fi sucks. That's why. Um, Again, this is the fourth attempt at a, a record. Out of this part of it anyway. But the next time you hear us speaking, it will be in the past. And then the time after that, it'll be the present again. You'll know what I mean when we get there. Anyway. Ahoy. No. That actually is ahoy, how ahoy. we start most of our phone calls. So yeah, I'm, that's I'm, how. I'm going okay. to top us off with a nice, clean ahoy. <laughs> ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, Craig isn't here because he hates us. No. Um, scheduling this, you know, with four people was very hard. Uh, and so we just cut Craig out of the equation. I don't think he's too upset. I don't think he's missing much. He will listen to all of this later and be so glad that he did not uh, guest on this. Oh yeah, all. we'll make sure. But, oh, yeah, we'll make sure of that. Yeah, I did get to see Craig in person though for the first time in like five months the other day at work, which was wonderful. He kind of worked for us in a way. Like there was some stuff that was really high that I couldn't reach, and he got it down. That was wonderful. But also, I just got to like talk to him in person, um, which was nice. So, Craig. I miss you. I'm glad you're listening. Or not. Maybe you shouldn't. It's okay. He he heard the first ahoy and left. As ever. Um, immediately. Did. Immediately left. If the first ahoy didn't get him, certainly the second one did. <laughs> Speaking of seeing people in person, uh, Mike, you're you're coming up here. You're or I should say down here. I am. I guess we haven't told you, Kay. You're coming that on down to Georgia to make a deal. I am flying to North Carolina and then driving to Georgia to see Chris in person to go see Spider-Man. Yeah. 
Wow. Nice little uh, intro yeah. into what our topic is going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Georgia. Um, <laughs> top five <laughs> yeah, exports. Uh, peaches. Uh, I just wrote peaches five times. But Oh, by the way, this is um, Bridges of the Lost Arts. I always forget to introduce <laughs> the actual name of my show. My show. Uh, the pod, if you will. Because, like, I figured you're clicking on it. You know what, you, what it is. But it's, I guess, uh, you're supposed to say the name of it. You hear my nasally voice and you know who you're dealing with, you know? Nobody else starts a podcast like me. Um, also, I guess for what it's worth, this is the first time you two are meeting. Yes. So this, 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 this is technically yeah. true. That is technically um, true. I, I get, I, yeah, I'll give my little bio. I know Kay through grad school. We are in uh, the same grad class and Chris Akins is a, am I allowed to swear on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can. I put the little explicit thing so kids know to listen because cool. it's got cursed. Um, fuck. Um, uh, no, Chris uh, just started responding to you on Twitter, like he does all of my friends. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. They they go to grad school together, and I make fun of people who are in grad school like it's my job. So um, I've come to know <laughs> a, a lot of uh, your classmates. You've upset many of them. Already, yeah. I, I like I like to I like to post really fucked up takes on Twitter will, and cause arguments in your group just chats. to give a uh, uh, past and future guest uh, Michael a shout out. Michael and Chris once had a full blown conversation in Merritt's uh, in a thread under Merritt's tweet. Merritt who just tweeted something yeah. innocuous about I don't know some movie in theaters, then turned into a fourteen message thread. Terrible. This is Bad. real inside baseball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> there's going to be about and two people listening who know any of the people we're talking about. And then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I get this. And everyone else is going to go, no clue. Michael, Not a, clue. a past guest fame. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Michael. He had a good horror episode. Yeah, you were the second Michael Lee to be on the podcast. This is true. Um, and we're here to talk about... Um, horror again. We're going to do it better than he did. Um, I'm, I'm here to say that um, Nightmare on Elm Street, a new nightmare. That one's better than whatever one he talked about. I, can I quickly point out that my goal is to get past the two hour and eight minute mark that Michael set? Like, that's my one goal. I think that is yeah, our longest one, but... Oh yeah, that's nothing. It'd be really funny we're, if I whittled it down in post to like an hour and 20 <laughs> We're like seven minutes into this. Yeah, this is a good time to mention that I do plan on releasing my quote-unquote editor's cut, which I will be labeling whatever the name of the podcast is, point one, in accordance with the uh, Spider-Man um, special features. Uh, you are all free to listen to that one, or not. You're also oh, it will free not to be not listen for to this one at all. <laughs> that, one is, uh, that one for me. I don't want to say that I was bullied into doing this with you guys. Mm. but i don't remember pitching this as my as the idea i did ask you guys to pitch it took a lot for you guys to even come up with a semblance of an idea this is true we had like a list each had a list of like 20 topics and there was just no overlap chris and i wanted to do slasher films i we we had talked about this like the week before you dropped the michael episode and then we had to go back from scratch yeah well because (laughs) i asked him oh what do you want to do and he was like oh how about we do like horror films he was you know told me exactly what he wanted to do he gave me availability and then we recorded it 
who's very accountable. For the record, I did watch 66 slasher films in October this year. I could not have been more prepped for any topic. No one told you to do that. <laughs> His brain. <laughs> my my broken ins- brain, yes. It's kind of nuts how much we talked about Benedetta and Labyrinth and everything off mic. And now that we're on mic, we're talking pod logistics. I think we should go into... Yeah, yeah. We're we're going to talk about uh, uh, Spiderman. Spiderman. Hell yeah. It sucks that we gave the same joke. Yeah, we uh, suck. Um, Mm, The reason that we're doing uh, Spider-Man, not just because it's fun. There is a new new one of them Spider-Man movies coming out uh, on December 17th, I believe, worldwide international release. Oh, for real? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I'm i seeing it on the 16th. Uh, I believe we're also seeing it on the 16th. Yeah, like 3 p.m. Yeah, yeah, we're going to a 3 p.m. showing, which is a weird Thursday preview time. If you yeah. send me anything ahead of time, I will... I'll be very angry. I will send send dead birds to your house. Ah, uh, classic Jared Leto, star oh, of uh, Spider Spider Man Universe Morbius. Yeah, correct. <laughs> We're on topic. I, and again, um, as someone who likes vampires and likes Spider Man, I could not care less because it is Jared Leto. But like, you've got you've got to record an extra twenty minutes and include it on your unreleased vampires episode about Morbius. <laughs> I simply will not do that. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll make an editor's cut of that one as well. No, that's <laughs> trademarked. You can't do it. Even though I never released it anyway. I would like to say that Chris and I are on two completely separate wavelengths when it comes to Morbius because I don't want to see a movie less. I don't want to see it at all. There's so few Marvel movies that I just don't want to see. That is one of them. Did we ever decide if the Venoms were fair play in, as regards to our um, our topic here? I would say yes. He is a, a villain. Yeah, he counts. Uh, we we will we can discuss those films if you'd like. I haven't seen the second one, but I am taking a flight soon, and I'm sure it's going to be one of the in-flight movies. Might check it out then. Oh, that is. I- I watched the first Venom on a flight as well. So, I, I I'll be honest, that is a perfect plane movie. <laughs> I can't imagine a better experience to watch the Venom. I think it would be perfect. Um, oh, Are, we wanted to mention the uh, Across the Spider Verse trailer teaser thing. Oh yes, our our, our current events uh, segment <laughs> devoted entirely to that. What is what is your segment called? Have you heard the news? No. I call ours by the time you're hearing this because by the time you hear it, it is not news anymore. And by the time they're hearing this, um, they will have definitely seen this trailer because everybody on the planet has got to be excited for it because Into the Spider-Verse is probably the best movie ever made. It's definitely the best Spider-Man movie. It's the best movie ever made, but Spider-Man 2 is a better Spider-Man movie. (laughs) That's my hot take. I, 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 an insane take that I somehow agree with. I, I have no comment. <laughs> anyway, wasn't that a real fun conversation about Morbius we all just had? I'm 100% cutting the Morbius conversation. <laughs> Not just because I don't like Morbius, but because Mike was cutting out the entire time. I... I just want an excuse to talk about Tyrese Gibson and his new billion dollar franchise, Sony's Spider-Man's Morbius. Is it the whole name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how it's branded. Uh, 
Chris did send me a message like two days ago saying that the new Morbius poster looks good, which I think is a crime against humanity. In, in my defense, I said, I said that as like an omission of guilt. I wasn't like saying it confidently, like, this is good, right? It was like, a, I, it, I regret to say that I think the new Morbius trailer is okay. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, we are talking about Spider-Man today, but more importantly, we're talking about the Spider-Man posters, which are bad. We are not to the point where To the point where... <laughs> We'll Mike's see. just this... plugging our spinoff podcast where we just talk about movie posters. <laughs> the backdoor pilot. <laughs> we, we, you would be shocked. Kay, you have heard us on the phone talk about like Halloween posters. We do this constantly. And the Spider-Man posters oh. are the worst. I don't know. You worst. kept on leaving the room whenever you were on a phone call with Chris. Because it's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, it, it, you it, Having been in there for all of them, it is embarrassing. We know you. Everything that you do is embarrassing. Your phone calls with Chris are just, you know, part of that. In all fairness, most of our conversations have eventually devolved into about an hour and a half of just ranking posters and franchises. So that really could be a spin-off podcast for us. Yeah, because I think posters, which are a visual medium, are really suited for a podcast, which is a notoriously I, non-visual medium. We're very single, visually descriptive. Every single person listening to this knows for a fact that Spider-Man posters are bad. You can't look at the MC one. The MC ones specifically are horrendous. Yes, they are very bad. We all know this. Uh, far, far from home. I think has some of the worst posters ever. Only to be outdone by uh, No Way Home, a film coming out in two weeks. I think No Way Home's posters are fine. They're not. They're not good. But they're the best of the three. No, they're not uh, offensive they're just bad yeah they're like they're they're just classic studio output there's nothing artistic about them whatsoever but i don't look i'm not offended when i look at them like i am with all of the far from home posters we can't we can't continue talking about this we're moving on yeah we're talking about the morbius poster which you think is no, good. Jesus Christ. we're not um but what we are specifically ranking today because i feel like we should get specific because there's so much uh, within the world of Spider-Man, I suppose, um, are the villains, um, which I think is interesting because I think it's kind of like a save the villains plot-ish thing going on in No Way Home, at least based off of the newer trailer. I don't know. Yeah. Are, is this the portion where we talk about No Way Home theories? Because um, I have some interesting ones. No. Oh. <laughs> we'll leave that to the end. Put a pin in that one. Well, may I jump in and just say that I think Chris and I differ on this, and Kay, I want to know your opinion. I think that he's going to save the villains, Mike, not to speak for we're Chris. We're not talking about this yet. I want to talk about it. That's a prediction. <laughs> put it. Is it? Put a pen, put a pen I think in, what's going in. to happen. That is what a prediction is. <laughs> what I are you talking about? Hey, Mike. Mike. Hey, the behind movie? you. You see that? There's a pen behind you. I need you to take that pen and put it in it. <laughs> I think No Way Home will be good. Mike, shut, 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 shut your mouth right now. <laughs> uh, all right, so today we're talking about villains. We're going to talk about villains. And uh, this is we, we eventually settled on villains collectively as a group because we realized if we were ranking Spider-Man movies, it would be the most boring ranking of all time because I think we can all agree what the good ones are. Spider-Man 3, yes. Obviously. Obviously. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The rest of them I can take or leave. Uh, Far from home is not great. Can Kay, did you rewatch the not to like call you out, but did you rewatch all of the Spider Man movies leading up for this? Or not just the Amazing Spider Man ones because I didn't have time. Those are the moments that are the most fascinating to rewatch. Like, I some distance. I probably will rewatch them at some point. I just didn't have time for this, and I knew that. I probably wasn't gonna need them for what we're ranking. Well, so we so we don't have the same rankings. I thought our lists were all going to be number one: Lizard, Electro, Dane DeHaan. Actually, my real number one: Dane DeHaan, Green Goblin. No, just um, Dane and DeHaan. Course, <laughs> and of course, Paul Giamatti playing himself. Um. um, no, but we are doing this from the context. I said you're allowed. Did I say you're allowed to do comic book ones? I don't know. Chris I mean, you might not some. have said that, but I, 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 I'm going to throw in some business. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, yeah, pretty much if it's Spider-Man related and it has a villain, it's fair game. So you can go, you could have gone as niche or as broad as you wanted to, as abstract or as specific. And you, you'll see what I mean when you hear my number five. But All right. I want to go last as far as like we're our ranking so whenever you guys want to jump into that okay can i can i ask you really quickly when was the last time you saw the sam raimi spider-man movies before you rewatched them it had been a decent i would say over five years okay. it had been a long time um to i guess uh give it i i had seen spider-man one quite recently literally less than a year ago and then i hadn't seen spider-man two since probably college and i had not seen spider-man three since theaters 13 14 years ago so that was the one that i revisited and i have thoughts on i i similarly yeah spider-man one is definitely the one i watched the most even as a kid like me and my brother would just like recite that to each other and then spider-man two became the next one um spider-man three yeah, I think I saw it maybe twice, and then I was like, I, I, it was so painful <laughs> that I was just like, I can't watch this again. And it's been years, and um, I really thought that this time around was going to be like, you know what? It's no longer the last Spider-Man movie. I, I'm no longer protective over this as like a trilogy, so like maybe I'm going to come at this with fresh eyes. It's going to be good, actually. And I don't think we were hard enough on Spider-Man 3 when it came out. <laughs> I think that movie is one of the no, worst superhero movies ever I think it's ever aged made. horrifically. Special effects is aged horrifically. Terrible. All of the characters have aged horribly. Even the characters we like in the previous films are now bad. I don't like anyone in this movie. With the exception of Bruce Campbell, I think every single character is horrendous in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Tobey Maguire is putting in... I, I actively hate him in the movie. It is one of the worst performances I've seen in a blockbuster, period. Yeah. It's bad. He is. Oh, hold on, hold on, Mike. Dane DeHaan in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, you know what? We're gonna have a Dane DeHaan corner. We'll get to him. I would <laughs> okay, like to argue right. that Tobey Maguire gives a worse performance in Spider-Man Three than pretty much any single actor has given now, in a blockbuster. I do want to say something about Spider-Man Three, and this is possibly my most fucked up opinion about it, and that's that <laughs> James Franco's doing something <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> we will not have a James Franco corner. <laughs> I, I despise the man. 
I despise the man, but he's the only person breathing any amount of like campy fun into like that kitchen scene. That is scene. kind of true. The the pie scene when they meet up, yeah. and he's oh, just he's like, like, oh, so good. Like, <laughs> that that was interesting. That was a choice, but he, he's it. so arch in that movie, and it's the only thing that is kind of worth paying attention to. Fucking hate him though. <laughs> yeah, a horrendous character. <laughs> really bad so just so we all laid this out the movies we are primarily sticking to are the three raimi spider-mans the two amazing spider-mans spider-verse and then the two mcu spider-man movies Um, congratulations those are the spider-man movies yeah but like chris is gonna play around with that formula i absolutely will not i like to have it laid out well there's um, like an extent yeah there's extended universe stuff with like yeah. the venom I, films yeah we were, we're gonna inject a little venom. tv shows I, comic i know that like we're not talking we're specifically trying to stick to villains but i think so much of the mcu spider-man's goodwill stems from movies that aren't spider-man movies it's civil war it's infinity war and it's Endgame. um yeah i'm actually going to come in with a hot take that civil war is the best spider-man movie in the mcu okay that's like, definitely his I think, little corner of that movie is better than the the other spider-man i'm being in very my excited to see spider-man in the new mcu i was like oh yeah he hadn't been here and then they were like but he's not an avenger and i was just like but he but he kind of i just but he is he is and i just remember when when the big letters queens hit the theater screen the, the theater erupted in applause like Captain America <laughs> caught Thor's hammer. I was about to say, you would have thought Captain America lifted Thor's hammer. I think my audience yeah. had a bigger reaction to Queens. I know I did. I screamed. We were we were losing our minds. We were hooting, hollering. Uh, we didn't even finish the movie. We ripped down the theater. We had to watch <laughs> it the next weekend. We started shouting the town. The town. <laughs> the town. Um... <laughs> Should we start this? Should we pick our villains? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who would like to begin their ranking? Listen, people listen to podcasts for like the fun little tangents and stuff. They're like, oh, look, they're real people. This isn't a script. Look at that. Yeah, as obvious by me chanting the town. I think. Embarrassing, embarrassing to learn that everything I've said, I have pre-written. Can I, can, can I, I'm going to start just because mine ties into the MCU Spider-Man with my number five pick for best villain is Vulture. Um, Michael Keaton in Homecoming. Um, Michael Keaton, I mean, he's he is bringing heat in that movie. He's definitely, like, especially at a point in the MCU where the villains have been, like, the most disappointing aspect of the films, for the most part. And then, like, they were just starting to get a little good, and then Michael Keaton delivers just the best villain performance in that entire series His... until, like, Infinity War. <laughs> well, until Black Panther. It's a little thing, but him calling... Him calling Peter Pedro is just a <laughs> nice little touch that does so much heavy lifting for how much I like that actor giving that performance of that character. Yeah, he's got such a dad vibe, specifically a yeah. high school dad vibe. He really does. It's, it's he very comforting. Drink. Oh, I'm sorry. He offers Peter a drink and Peter says no and he's like, oh, good job or whatever. Right and answer. you're like, oh. I think I think the uh, the initially before Pedro, which was more casual, the mom asks him, "Did you catch his name?" Like, and he he does like the fake like ah Freddie, and it's just like yeah, this guy's cool, forgetting that he just like committed murder two scenes earlier. We'll allow it. Say we'll allow Mason? it. <laughs> um, that joke is for no one. Um, the joke is for me. Um, 
No, I do. I think uh, just as an introduction to Spider-Man in the MCU, I think the Vulture is a nice, is the right amount of blue collar. He has the right amount of Avengers tie-in that all of his like equipment is like Chithari, uh leftovers, Battle in New York leftovers. Sorry, I, I think uh, they do. I, I just want to. Could you repeat? If, if all his equipment is what Chitari. He did it okay. like the Barcelona kind of. Yeah, I did a little, yeah, he did a little, <laughs> little, <laughs> little extra spice on that. Um, in there. I, uh, I didn't realize you were auditioning for House of Gucci, Mike. <laughs> it's a me, a vulture. Yeah, wait, I think it's important to note that Mike is saying this all straight face while wearing a, a Super I, Mario hat. I have taken yeah, a screenshot if you powers. ever want to tweet it when the episode drops. We look great. Chris is in a Santa hat. I'm it's a, a Santa hat. beanie, for the record. Oh, neat. Um, to get back to the point, um, I think they do a good job of uh, implementing Vulture. I think he does a good job. Chris has raised, and I'm speaking for him as I am uh, ought to do, I realized on this pod, that he thinks he's... Person similar to green goblin but i think that's kind of what works about him in the mcu yes and i actually would like to expound on this because i i have like a whole thesis on the vulture being like spider-man homecoming is definitely a film which tries to um place itself in the spider-man canon as like it's almost like a parody film to the earlier spider-man movies you know you've got him in a completely different setting you, you have these jokes that you can make about spider-man like him like swinging too low and like sliding on the concrete or him running into an open um, golf course and being like, ah, this sucks. Like all these jokes that you make about Spider-Man because he's that ingrained in our culture. And yet like they clearly don't want to use the Green Goblin again. We've had him twice, one great and one less. And um, we have the Vulture who's a completely different kind of villain in the comics, but this Vulture, I just want to say he his main aesthetic, obviously green, <laughs> um, Michael Keaton looks very much like he could play Norman Osborn. He has that sort of scary, but like respectful energy. And like his, his gliders or his wings are very similar to the glider. They can fly independent of him like the glider. And he also has this connection. Like, you know, Goblin was Harry's dad. Um, Michael or Vulture is Liz's dad. And as a result of him fighting him, like, his girlfriend or, you know, love interest is taken away from him. For Goblin, he, you know, he always kills Spider-Man's girlfriend. And in this case, because of him being the Vulture, Liz has to move away. I just think that it's very similar structure. That was way too long. I'm, I apologize. I, no, I think it's 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 interesting that all three Spider-Man film series, the three main ones, the three live-action ones, uh, the big thesis statement is that nothing is more scary than your friend's parents <laughs> just true. that's definitely the main takeaway if i don't want to make my friend's parents well, mad there's one um, thing scarier than your friend's parents and that's your college professors like the lizard now what if your college professors are your friend's parents now that's the scariest of all that never happens <laughs> but you know, we got three more Spider-Man movies. Are we, are we, are we gonna have a corner where we pitch a new Ultimate? Not not Ultimate Spider-Man, but we're we pitching a new Spider-Man villain. Yeah, we're gonna come up with. <laughs> I, villain. I like this more so. There is nothing scarier than your friend's parents being Dennis Leary. That is the main takeaway. <laughs> well, I mean, it's especially scary because in the second movie, he's a ghost. <laughs> Terrifying. Ah. <laughs> 
<sighs> Nobody remembers The Amazing Spider-Man 2 well enough to, to get that joke. I watched that, <laughs> that one on a plane. Erased. That, that movie is like, a ghost okay? movie. Okay, great place to watch it. Any movie that is like down the middle fine is like just a perfect for a plane. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your number five? So this one is funny. I wanted to do a little funny one because I'm a funny girl. Um, <laughs> so my no, I mean, we're, we're already laughing. <laughs> my number five is the entire creative team behind Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that includes Bono and the Edge, Julie Taymor, David Garfinkel, et al. I'm so excited that you brought this no. up because I think Mike has something to share about Imagine Dragons. <laughs> I was about to say, is Imagine Dragons on your list? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, no. They... they- they should be. I would just like to point out Imagine Dragons should be on your list. Well, do you think this is common knowledge? Should we discuss this? I mean, we can, for the Imagine Dragons wrote the original music for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, and then they Yeah, said, like their first album is like, <laughs> they just reworked all of their Spider-Man songs and released it as a normal album. Radioactive <laughs> is... Oh my gosh. that album rocks. I, I, look, as somebody who... I, before the internet turned on Imagine Dragons, I was kind of into that album. <laughs> I loved that album. Radioactive is kind of a banger. And I, I'm here to say that I have a single Imagine Dragons song on my Spotify playlist. And it is um, Friction because it's used in the Mission Impossible 6 stream. <laughs> anyway, I, I was, I've been brave enough. I've said it on my Twitter somewhat recently that I think Imagine Dragons, they're good. Um, I think people are too hard on them, but... Okay, that is a bold stance that I respect. Not everyone's brave enough to say what they're really thinking. I am. And everyone tells me to stop saying things. I believe a character in Hawkeye was brave enough to say that. Don't they talk about Imagine Dragons? Yeah, they do. In the most recent episode of Hawkeye, they talk about Imagine Dragons. And Hailey Steinfeld makes fun of them. I mean, she's allowed to make fun of me. (laughs) I would let her. Anyway. That's, we're not talking about Haley. Uh, so this, this uh, musical, I got to talk about musicals somehow, and this is how I get to do it. Um, it was a flop. I, it was even more than a flop. Like, it was notorious for being horrible and having people get hurt. Like, one of the first previews, the stuntman, who is Peter's double, was not tethered like this is the opening scene where he's running down this this bridge thing. He was not tethered. He jumps. He realizes he's not tethered. He t- falls thirty feet into the pit, and he breaks several ribs and got a concussion and a bunch of other stuff. He got very very hurt. Anyway, um, people famously went to it to see what would go wrong, and that was a lot. I think the first preview ended up being over an hour and 40 minutes longer than it was supposed to because of technical difficulties. Like the oh, intermission yeah, Just was... like this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what they chose to do with this musical that is so stupid and not necessary is they Greek mythified it because Julie Taymor, listen, she's very talented. She's directed some great stuff. She's also like the creative director and stage person for Lion King on Broadway, which is one of the longest running shows of Broadway. Anyway, she's talented, but she was, 
she was given a little bit too much creative control here, mostly by Bono, who had no idea what he was doing and was on tour for like half the time. Um, oh yeah. She was like, well, I know that superheroes are like the modern day, you know, Greek gods. So let's just really hone in on that and make the origin story that the Greek goddess Arachne, who is like a spider in this iteration because Arachne, of course, gives Peter the, the his superpowers. And so he doesn't even get fucking bit by chance. Like the whole point of Spider-Man is like, he's just, he could have been anyone, but he got randomly bit and he chose to be this person and take on this responsibility. In this, they're just like, no, he, he was chosen by this sexy spider lady. Fucking stupid. Well, anyway. That sounds good. I'm sorry. No, I disagree. I sexy spider lady choosing me to I'm be just a superhero? Si- it's bad. I'm sitting here mouth agape listening to this. I did not know good. any of this. The, no, the I, villain, I, the villain <laughs> in, part in, the, in Act 1 is Green Goblin. He dies at the end of Act 1. I think Spider-Man kills him. He throws him off like a bridge or he throws a piano. I don't know. What, I'm sorry, he throws no, 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 a piano. No, no. What, no, is this a Looney Tunes Because too? Bono had wanted to like throw a piano at George Bush. There's something like that going on. Anyway... Yeah, we'll just breeze past that. No, 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 no. It is not. It's not good. That's not what you should be getting from this. Anyway, but before he had died, he he made six other little freaks called the Sinister Six, um, including Carnage, Electro, Raven the Hunter, Lizard, Swarm, and a new character who doesn't exist in any of the things that they called Swissmas, guess like the hot chocolate. But he's a giant, like like switch knife like pocket knife like you know like a swiss pocket knife this sounds good <laughs> no. I, I, you are nothing has i was already fascinated by this production i have never been sold harder on something. mysterio was supposed to be in it but they cut him why be, but like that makes no sense like his whole thing is special effects are on a stage where they already spent so much money on like this insane set why not just have mysterio makes no sense anyway if I could time travel to any period, it would be to go to the first Broadway production of this show. I want to see it so badly. It, there's, I think, a bootleg you can watch on YouTube. Not that I am Ooh. supporting bootlegs, but also Broadway should be more accessible, so I don't care. Um, yes, that is the reason I'll look it up. <laughs> they So this is like the most expensive Broadway show that they ever produced, mostly because they had to like completely overhaul the the structure of this old ass broadway theater for this extreme rigging because he like they fight over the audience like they're just hanging and they're fighting and there's so much swinging because you know it's easier to do that in a movie when there's like post and stuff but when it's live theater it's a lot harder to do so they spent so much money on that they could not recoup it in like the year or so when it was open they wanted to move it to Las Vegas. They should have started in Las Vegas where the theaters are already built for that kind of stuff, where they have like Cirque du Soleil and all that other shit. So I think it was dumb. I think they should have never done it or if they had done it, not the way that they did do it. Like every step of the way, they they fucked up. The original producer, so they're at the original producer's house. They're about to sign it. One of the edge He's like, oh, no one has a pen. I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to go get a pen. He comes back into the room. The original producer is dead on the floor before they can sign. That's a sign. That's a sign that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Okay. I, 
everything you've told me about it has only like 10 times my interest in it. But also what I've determined at the end of this is that they absolutely need to make a movie about the making of this Broadway production, starting with that scene <laughs> where they're signing on it. That sounds like I, nothing would win me over harder than watching it, that. Be like, oh, this is cursed. Great. It sucks that Spider-Man hasn't taken on the legacy Macbeth has to where you cannot say <laughs> Spider-Man backstage. You can't maybe, say Bono maybe. in a Broadway theater. <laughs> Oh, he just—he hasn't been—it hasn't been around to. long enough to, for us to learn that that actually is the case. <laughs> Thematically, it tracks that the the show about Peter Parker is also the show where literally nothing goes right. It makes sense. It works. I am curious. Is there a segment in the show where Mary Jane becomes a Broadway performer and then she just puts on a normal Broadway play in the middle of this Broadway? Play? I don't know. I don't know that much about the plot because it's pretty boring and all the songs are boring impossible no like there's no standout song like they're all generic pop like dear evan hansen well that can't be right it's, it, it's got to be like radioactive from, <laughs> from imagine dragons now remember this is like u2's music but for spider-man so it's worse I would, I just want to quickly say that one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life is U2. So if it was just a U2 concert about Spider-Man, be fine. But that's, it that's wasn't. A, that, that's embarrassing. It wasn't. It was about, no, it, it sucks. They played the entirety of Joshua Tree and it was good and I'm furious. Um, it. I would like to say that it would be very fun to think you were paying Broadway money to see a Spider-Man show and then... 10 minutes in it pivots to uh mary jane watson doing the importance of being earnest for two and a half hours <laughs> leaving the whole show that they should she should be putting on her own play on like the side of the theater while spider-man's having his other play like the reason why he can't make this show bruce campbell's there he's telling you can't get in if at a it ruins the illusion uh I will also, because I've mentioned him several times in our podcast, and I feel like I need to do my due diligence, due diligence. the original actor for Peter uh, was Reeve Carney, uh, who you might know, Mike, from House of Gucci. He, he plays, plays Tom, Tom Ford. Ford. Yes. <laughs> I was going to bring that up before, and I was like, I can tie this back into my Mario hat. I know you can. I know you can. Um, but... Also, the original Green Goblin was Patrick Page, who plays Hades now in Hades Town, and Reeve Carney plays Orpheus in Hades Town. So they're both in a Greek myth play now, but no one gets hurt in it, and it's actually successful because Bono had nothing to do with it. Anyway, that's my number five. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I should probably... Um settle on my my five I, I i'm sort of trying to decide which one i'm gonna talk about first because it's sort of interchangeable um i'm gonna go with the more annoying of my picks and say that my number five spider-man villain is one that is in fact in two of the spider-man movies <laughs> and that is scorpion um, yeah okay so the more accessible one to start talking about is that what you said no i said the more annoying uh, <laughs> that's so, true scorpion for those of you who don't know um is a guy normally in a giant i want to say scorpion exo exoskeleton um and certain variations he also has some sort of you know serum injected to him where he has scorpion superpowers but I, I believe that normally it's just the exoskeleton that has the powers um you know like your paul giamatti's rhino and um <clears throat> the reason why i like scorpion so much is a 
it's nice to see some Latino representation. Um, I'm a lot, I, 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 look, so rarely do you see yourself on screen. <laughs> and um, where, where is it better than when he shows up in Into the Spider-Verse as a half man, half Darth Maul and with a scorpion body, which also I would like to point out, he is the only Spider-Man villain in that movie that manages to kill one of the spider people. He does kill the big Spider-Man robot. Um, he does. He, he also makes an appearance in Spider-Man Homecoming as um, just a generic guy at an arms deal. Um, it's Yeah, he's in the end credit scene in prison with the Vulture. It's implied he might come back, but it seems like they're definitely not going to bring him back. And um, the reason why I like him so much, and I know, Kay, you said we could talk about comic books. I'm not going to talk about a comic book. I'm going to talk about the Spider-Man 2002 video game. <laughs> which, that's also allowed in which scorpion is one of the main villains who returns for the spider-man uh, 2 video game and um his subplot is honestly more interesting than the sub like the main plot of those games which they're trying to mirror the movies i'm the whole time as a kid i was like this guy should be the guy like he should be the villain of one of these movies and if i'm going to be completely honest the real reason that I've always liked Scorpion so much, and I've talked to Mike about this, is because my my little infant brain really likes dichotomies. And I just think that a scorpion is a perfect foil for a spider. That's, that's it. That's my take on Scorpion. What is the opposite of a spider? I mean... A god... <laughs> well, we're not we're, we're done talking about spider-man into the dark k <laughs> it, it feels like spider-man should have a direct villain right like a direct contrast it's a scorpion no a scorpion's the opposite of a frog <laughs> what the what? hell does that mean <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Matrix the Leaper should be the villain of a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Natural dichotomies don't exist in real, in nature, except for, like, no, you have fire and ice. The hippo and the rhino. You got the horse and the cow. You have ones our brains. I, brains. No. What, well, hold on. The hippo and the rhino? When did we establish yeah, this? this? None of these are tracking. <laughs> you got the you got the tiger and the lion. You got those dichotomy, that are, like, like, Dichotomy is like, the wrong word. Maybe the um, lion and the lamb is like the only example yeah sharks um, sharks and jets yeah dichotomy is the wrong word there's just like things that i associate with each other like a dog is not actually the opposite of cat they're very similar and they normally get along but like in a way that a dog and a cat would be good villains for each other for instance the movie cats and dogs <laughs> i think a spider and a scorpion are similarly opposed who is, do we have a, an agreed upon who is Spider-Man's ultimate arch nemesis? It's Green Goblin. Yeah. Is it Green Goblin? Yeah. It's not it Doc definitively. Ock? No, it's not. As much as the new movie is positing that, it's Green Goblin. Yeah, I think that's pretty canonized. An octopus is the opposite of a spider. <laughs> they both got eight limbs. You might be onto something. <laughs> no, I would say in that way, then the, an octopus is the opposite of an eel. It's just the one long thing. Well... The opposite of an eel would have infinite <laughs> arms. <laughs> Too many arms. The opposite of an eel is Lee. Um, boo. Mm. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, look, the scorpion 
has as much to do with a spider as like a lobster does. So for all intents and purposes, you could have a lobster main villain. Like it doesn't track to me that a scorpion is well, a- Well, that brings, that brings us to the next movie we want to talk about, which is Venom. <laughs> <laughs> for our, when we think about who our new Spider-Man villain is going to be, I got to write down uh, lobster. I think we're on to something there. All right, so he, so we've established that he is um, a, 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 a parent of one of Peter's friends. He is also one of his college professors, and he is a lobster. All right, great. Sounds like the Brian King. No, no. Good character, not. though, Mike. Not. <laughs> yeah, Brian King rules. We're not. Uh, uh, Brian King fan account. We're going to bully Kay into our next episode being about Aquaman. I'm never watching <laughs> Aquaman. Would, Aquaman is so fucking good. I'm not it's watching the fish perfect boy. Movies. Oh my God. Few perfect movies. Incredible. Patrick Wilson will come who's, up later. Don't worry. Who's next? I think it's back to Mike. Yeah. Is it back to me? Yeah. Eel um, himself. Going at a very grueling pace. Oh, I'll speed things up. I'll speed things up by talking about um my number four pick. Uh, which is Kingpin from Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, mostly because I think uh, Kingpin is the direct opposite of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, In a way, isn't vul- a vulture the opposite of a spider? <laughs> yeah, we'll revisit this. He a big boy. That is the best thing about the Kingpin in Into the Spider-Verse, which is you can have literally a frame of black and it is just like his tiny white face in the middle. And I don't like, think there's oh, ever been a better character design than just is a brick wall a with a face. Wall. <laughs> and he's voiced by Liev Schreiber, who is doing the best Brooklyn accent I've ever heard in my life, which is like, hey, get out of here, Spider-Man. He's kind of, it's, you know, he's not from New York. But well, no, yes, he is. No, I looked this up. He's from San Francisco. Which is basically the New York. Of the it's West the New York Coast. of California. <laughs> but he lives in New York now. He does the Ryan Gosling thing, which is he's not from New York, but all of a sudden he has a Brooklyn accent and he keeps it for 20 years. Yeah. Well, I think it's also because he's Jewish and a lot of the Brooklyn accent comes from Jewish settlers. Anyway, my parents saw him on a boat once. Oh, my I God. Mean, humble brag. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's just a full brag. I didn't see him on a boat, though. They're like, "Oh, you know this guy?" And I'm like, "Not personally, well, I mean, but I wish." It's got to be hard. It's got to be hard to miss him. He is the size of a semi truck. That's true. Yeah, they saw <laughs> Kingpin on a boat. Not a <laughs> One of the best things about the Into the Spider-Verse Kingpin is that he, like, in the end fight, he lifts up a full car. And, and at you no point, yeah. at no point are you like, that's that's not right. He has, this is, like, he, Kingpin doesn't have any superpowers. Should he be able to do this? No, you're looking at him. No. It's like, clearly, this is easy for him. This is what he does yeah. on Sundays. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I, I do have a question for you, Mike. Do you think that the Into the Spider-Verse Kingpin is better than the Daredevil Kingpin? And I do mean uh, the, uh, the I, Netflix one, not the Vincent uh, I <laughs> yeah. genuinely do. I think Vincent gives an inc- Vincent, my friend, gives an incredible <laughs> performance. Uh, but Kingpin, the animated form, is a brick wall. He is a big <laughs> wall. He's a big boy. It's really hard to argue with that. Um, he clicks his little pin. He goes click, 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 click. He wants his dead wife and kid back. And, nothing uh, has. <laughs> Nothing has made me want to buy uh, the ne- the new wave of video game consoles more than seeing somebody stick a Kingpin sticker on an Xbox Series X. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, there's Kingpin. <laughs> Big br- black brick. 
And also, not to shit on your your scorpion theory, but my boy Kingpin also kills a Spider-Man. The oh, most competent okay. Spider-Man all right. of all time. <laughs> Chris Ryan right. Spider-Man. And he does it by just, like, doing a little boop. Just a I, little boop. I did forget about that. <laughs> I forgot one of the uh, earliest boop. scenes in that movie. Um, yeah, no, wait, uh, wait, do it again. We didn't get it the first four times. We did it. Boop. Okay, thank you. For those at home who can't hear, it's me putting my two hands together. And remember how I was going to make this quick? It's me putting my hands together and doing yeah. a little boop. A little boop. You know and what then that Chris looks Pine like. Chris Pine is uh, lost from this world. Uh, we still boop. have his Christmas album. Yep. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a Christmas movie. We we got to, we'll come back to that. Are we, this seems like the time to talk about it, Mike. We're talking about a Spider-Verse villain. <laughs> It's snowing and there's a Christmas album that's more Christmassy than like 80% of Christmas movies. That is true. Between Into the Spider-Verse and Into the Woods, how many albums has Chris Pine um, uh, released? If you told me he was the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, I'd believe you. I wouldn't because I know enough about Chris Pine and Imagine Dragons to know that's not true. Um, A very rare thing to have (laughs) these days. We used to be, what was, what's that fucking format going around? Like, we used to be a real country. <laughs> what, what is I the just, end point of this game? <laughs> like, it's like those trad people who are like, this is what this thing used to look like in the 70s. We used to be a real country. My end point to that is like, we used to be a real country where like people knew a lot about Chris Pine and Imagine Dragons. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it really did used to be the early 2010s. <laughs> um... Right. Oh, Chris Pine singing. Uh, he doesn't sing in any of the Wonder Woman movies. To their detriment. He does a little bit of singing in The Princess Diaries, too, but it's not on the soundtrack. Um, and he's not in that many movie musicals. I think it's because Into the Woods really was not good that he didn't get cast in any future I can say this because I know you guys can't disprove it. He he belts out a full song in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Mike, I'll take your word for it. Um, it does a full a full song. Cutting out. Hi. While Mike's audio catches back up to us, okay, what is your number four villain? It's funny because my number four is also Kingpin, but I have very little written about him other than that his character design is great and simply the point that. He's neat. <laughs> you, know what? you raise you raise some interesting points. Namely, we haven't discussed how neat he is. He's a neat dude. He's pretty neat. Pretty neat. I just as think a, he's funny. As a lifelong New Yorker, do he be doing that well? Is he giving a good New York speech? Um, yeah. It's it's yeah. Does he feel like an honest to God real New Yorker? Uh like <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> so it's hard to hone in on the accent. There's one thing I know about New York. It's Big Apple and Big Kingpin. Big dudes all the time. They can't fit their bodies in the subway doors. And they're like, ah, de Blasio, this is all your fault. <laughs> you know how New Yorkers are. Yeah, it's fine. I don't okay. think, yeah, it's, right. it's good. While we're on this topic, I am curious. Which... Spider-Man movie do you feel best encapsulates the city of New York? I think uh, definitely neither of the Amazing Spider-Man ones. I would say, what is it? I'm pretty sure those take place in a garage. Yeah, the second and the third one, whenever, I forget when it is, when his mask comes off, 
and the entire train of people. Oh, that they carry him. Yeah, that's Spider Man too. Yeah, that's it could happen in today's New York, but only with someone like Spider Man. If it was just some random dude, they would have just not given a shit. But I would say that's authentic. Uh, I do want to point out that that scene did take place after nine eleven. Thank you. <laughs> Which is when I think New York came together, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, um, sure. Cut, cut this. Sure. <laughs> it's me trying to figure out if I'm lagging while also talking about I, 9-11. Not there only am no I not good. going to cut that, I am going to extend the pause between any of us saying anything after you said 9-11. I'm just going to sit in that for like 30 seconds. Post 9-11 New York was different than other times in New York's history. I don't want to speak um, for a New Yorker, but... As someone who has never been to New York, uh, I think the <laughs> most New York moment of any of the series is when the city of New York comes together to yell and throw things at the Green Goblin. Yelling and throwing things. Look, the Green Goblin could not have been defeated without that guy yelling, Hey, I got something for your ass. Anyway, <laughs> that was my, that was my number four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're kingpin again. Um, okay, so my number four. <laughs> this was the one that was interchangeable with Scorpion, and I went with the more annoying choice, although you can decide if that was actually true, because it's Flash Thompson. He's definitely the more annoying Thurman. character, but I don't... Is he a villain, or is he just kind I, of... An... I am positing him as a villain. He is a, he's more of a villain to Peter Parker, obviously, than he is to Spider-Man himself, but he is, a, like, an opposing force in he, Peter's life. And I genuinely, I'm making going to make an argument for all three film incarnations of Flash Thompson. I think he's genuinely one of the best characters in the franchise. Um, first off, we got Joe Mangianello, which is insane to think that he plays Flash Thompson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And he is just delivering a high camp performance. <laughs> um, just knocking it out of the park and then in the amazing spider-man it seems like a way worse take at first where you just got like this random buzzed hair kid that just is a bully but then like he has like the most heartfelt moment in those two movies where he like says that he understands what peter's going through after uncle ben's death like that actually gives depth to that character for the first time What's, that actor's name is like Zeb Stryka or something it's like almost <laughs> it's borderline Pokemon. the gen 5 pokemon yeah <laughs> Um, both of them i would like to uh, i would like to interrupt to just say both of those actors by the way look mid-30s absolutely um one of the defining factors about flash thompson is that um he seems like an adult man beating up a teenager but they all look old in the first one my brother and i we were re-watching the first spider-man uh movie the other day and and peter's running after the bus and he goes that is a grown man running after a bus full of teenagers and I said, I, you're right. While we're on that subject, Tobey Maguire, I, I am I am harping on this every chance I get. Tobey Maguire is the same height as Tom Holland, which is insane to me. Because Tom Holland in Far From Home, when he's standing between Jake Gyllenhaal, who's like 6'1", and Sam Jackson, who's 6'2", looks this big. And the idea that Tobey is 5'7". To all of our listeners, I'm sure you saw exactly yeah. how big Mike was talking about. <laughs> it's Toby Maguire and uh, Tom Holland are both five foot seven. Short which, height. Yeah, it's insane. They are. They <laughs> <Thanks>. are. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I recant my statement. I'm backing away from this. <laughs> yeah, but in the presence I think... of a short king. <laughs> oh, oh, thank it's you. also thank you. that um, Tom Holland's love interest is they're both taller than him, and it's not that hard to find someone who's shorter than him. Like five seven, a lot of women are shorter than five, seven, but they just cast tall women. To be his love interest, which I think yeah, is but that's funny. fun though, right? It is fun. <laughs> that's hot. Although I don't think Laura Harrier is a very good actress, but that's mm. not in in Spider Man or just in general. In general, I haven't seen her in a role where she's been. You're not gonna like my third favorite villain, uh, Liz Allen. <laughs> um, no, um, although I haven't, I still haven't gotten to talk about um, from those movies. Tony Revolori, I actually think, is a genuinely funny character in the new Spider-Man movies. Like, if he wasn't sincere in being an asshole, I think that all of his bits are good bits if he was, like, friends with Peter. Like, if you walked into a party and I was, like, manning the DJ station, you better believe I'd be singing Penis Parker to you, even though your name is not that. Um, I also think that... uh, Tony Reviori, or at least initially, I don't know if that's still the plan, but it seems like the way they were setting him up, um, again, as somebody who has watched way too much Spider-Man media, it seems like they were setting him up to be a larger character later on. I think the movie sort of got away from that initial plan. But in the comics, Flash becomes Venom. He becomes Agent Venom. (laughs) And I think that would have been an interesting direction to give Tony Reviori, who becomes this character because he loves (laughs) Spider-Man. I'm... I'm I'm sorry. I want to go back to you saying you're fine with bullying P- Peter Parker. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I think we're on the record as uh, being pro bullying. <laughs> bullying <laughs> I, works. Peter Parker is a incredible bit. Like good. It's, job. it's a good bit. I think he's got some good jokes. <laughs> I think he's fun in the in the new ones. I like his arc going from like hating Peter to being like a Spider-Man fanboy yeah. is very funny. It's, it's going good... to be very interesting to see his reaction in the new one when he learns oh, that Peter is Spider-Man. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be gorgeous. He, um, his, his moment in Far From Home where he's like, yeah, you know, Spider-Man just makes me want to be a better man as Peter Parker enters and him being like, sup, dickwad, is I yeah. think... <laughs> a top three joke in that movie that just gets overlooked. He gives an incredible performance. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Number four villain. Better than Scorpion. Are we only on number four? God damn. Yeah. I, minor, I don't know. I feel like I've been going pretty quickly. Yeah, because you said Kingpin is big and neat. There is going to be some massive overlap coming soon. Yeah, probably. It's probably starting here because my number three is uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah. That's now so you may be fun. you may be asking why I didn't choose Jorma Tacone's Green Goblin from Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> Wait, is that who plays Goblin in Spider Verse? Jordan, yes. Not in it enough for me to remember. He, I think he not just only growls. <laughs> not only is he Green Goblin, he is the Spider Man at the spoiler alert the in credit scene pointing at uh, Oscar Isaac Spider Man. He's like, ah, oh, you're the one who is pointing. Ah, you're pointing at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, he's the voice of 67 <laughs> Spider-Man or whatever. Drummond to go all over that movie. Good good for him. Anyway, Willem Dafoe. Um, here's my take. Willem Dafoe looks like the Green Goblin. He just he does. Like he looks goblin, like the Goblin. Man. Perfect casting. He, uh, the, the one 
positive note I'll say about James Franco in these movies is that he looks, he has, he has the mouth. He can be. I, we Defoe's were saying it, they. That's it was good casting. They look like father and son, and they're both really kind of freaky looking. The the there's a scene early on in Spider-Man that I think really sells Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin, which is he bursts out of the Oscorp like gas containment chamber thing and hops up on the table like a frog. Do we all know what I'm talking about? Because that is the best shot. You, you mean the opposite of a spider? Hold the opposite of a scorpion, Chris. Oh, my mistake. Um, he's just good. That's my take. Wait, I'm... hold on. Is the Spider-Man comics positing that the opposite of a spider is a goblin? I would say that's true. I, I mean, I can't really argue against it. Spiders, normal animals, goblins, magical. They're both in uh, one of those Lord of the Rings movies. So one of you nerds tell that, me. Jesus, you're, you're right. <laughs> Way to find a connection. We weren't looking for a Lord of the Rings connection, but I guess we got one. Um, I would also like to say that right after jumping on the table and uh, <laughs> landing like a frog, he grabs Dr. Strom by the throat and says, back to formula before um, going absolutely feral. <laughs> Chris brings up that line a lot. Chris brings up Dr. Strom a lot. This is something. Dr. Strom, my number three pick, no. <laughs> um, the next person, because I know Green Goblin will come up again. We we got to talk about Dane DeHaan at some point, but now is not the time. I'm going to well, pass I mean, the baton. Are we talking about Green Goblin in totality here? Because I think we all picked Green Goblin. as Is he all our number three? Yeah. Oh, so is he across all the number board, three? We're all, we all picked him number three. So we're okay. talking Dane Don. <laughs> Even though Wait, he's no not one, any of our picks. I was going to say, no one has him as number two, right? No, no Dane Dahan no. number two? No Dane Dahan <laughs> number one. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, let's confirm that. No Dane Dahan number one's everybody. There is no my, Dane Dahan even mentioned in my notes at all. My. My Dane DeHaan story is uh, like three weeks into quarantine, like the first week of March of last year, I get a phone call from an unknown number and I answer. They say, is Dane DeHaan there? And I say, what? They say, is this Dane DeHaan? And I say, no. And they say, oh, I'm sorry. And then they hang up and I... I cannot tell you. It can't be a prank phone call because it didn't have Mike, the energy of a prank phone call. Mike, if yep. somebody asks you if you're Dane DeHaan, you say yes. <laughs> roll with it, it. Is, it is my biggest regret is that I didn't double down and just, you just yeah, do you a fucking put on your most frog tired voice. voice imaginable. <laughs> just be like, yeah. I'm Dane DeHaan. I don't know what Dane DeHaan sounds like. He sounds like a fucking frog. <laughs> Um, the opposite I, of a spider. I have a Dane story-ish as well. <laughs> My parents went to Texas recently, like two weeks ago. Mm. Um, and they were hanging out with uh, their friends down there. And my mom's friends, one of her best friends, they were having dinner with them. And her nephew is Dane DeHaan, which is <laughs> interesting. I... So they were trying to get a hold of you, Mike. Yeah. It could be. Um, but like the way my mom said it was just like, oh, 
the guy the guy who plays one of the green goblins and the first one i thought of was dane dahan and she's like yeah and i was like well, that's the only one that would make sense <laughs> it would be weird if she was the aunt of willem dafoe yeah but like james franco maybe but then like there's more famous stuff that he's known for could have been jordan yeah mm. <laughs> We are one, Brandon. Yeah, I don't yeah, like it's... it. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Dane DeHaan gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a blockbuster, aside from Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. I just want to that point is that true. out. Although I will say, in the scene where they're skipping stones together, him and Peter, it you it does have the energy of like, are these two going to fuck? Here's my, here's my take on that. Andrew, he, <laughs> casting Dane DeHaan, who was like 24 at the time, I, I could be wrong about the age, but someone that looks early 20s makes Andrew Garfield look 40. Because he already is 30. <laughs> he looks so old in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, especially around Dane DeHaan, who is a full decade younger than him. It is pretty funny. I think they're funny, that though. different in age. I'm going to look up their ages. I should have I'm done pretty sure Dane DeHaan is like in his 30s right now. Dane DeHaan was born in 86. Andrew Garfield was born in... 83. There's only three years difference. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, my... I, I, looks like, I think Dana Hahn looks older. I feel like he has like an old person face. It's because they give him a fucking fallout boy haircut. Well, it's also because he has that disease that turns you into a goblin. Yeah. He drank the juice he, that makes you a goblin. The follow-up to Night Shyamalan's old. He went to the beach that makes you a goblin. <laughs> Fat. I'm pretty sure that's the beach that, um, the, that the the model problem. lady was on. What is she doing in that cave? She's turned into a goblin. Yeah, that was gross. We don't have to talk about old. Bruce um. Willis shows up at the end. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't like to talk about old. Yeah, old sounds good. This episode finally has some juice. <laughs> a old lot of better than fifty percent of Spider-Man movies. I'll say it. <laughs> Mike, I, I'll agree with that. What were we even talking about besides Dane Dahan? I feel like Green Goblin, goblin in general. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because he was also my number three, specifically about the Willem Dafoe version. Uh, I said that I like, a, uh, no, I love a villain who's just a little freak. That's like my favorite kind of character. It's just, they're just a little freak. Um, I think it's funny. <laughs> Mike, go ahead. But is he a little fucker? Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll move on to that later. I have. Well, is, ooh, wait. I think that's a very good distinctive lot. Willem Dafoe is a little freak. Dane DeHaan is a little fucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, that absolutely. That is a good distinction. And you can't play Green Goblin like he's a little fucker because that's just not his character. No, no. He's, he's supposed to be a, a little freak. He can be um, a scary fucker. Jorma Tacone is a scary fucker. Well, he can also be a big motherfucker as evidenced by... Yeah, <laughs> There's ways to go that it just Dane DeHaan didn't do. Yeah. I do like... Uh, that take on Green Goblin. I'm not sure if that's what I would want in like a main Green Goblin movie, but I, I like Goblin that is like a giant monster. That's kind of fun. It's certainly more interesting than whatever Dane Don is doing, which is just, once again, a little fucker. He's good at playing like a little bitch boy. What's going on with New Goblin? What's his deal? And I'm, of course, referring to um, Harry Osborn with his, I want to, he's got a skateboard glider. God, he sucks. I don't like the character of Harry is, I think, my thing. I don't think he's a good friend of Peter. I don't think he's got anything interesting going on besides nepotism. And the whole, yeah, no, every he, time he's on screen, I wish he wasn't. 
he really is, uh, he brings all, every movie he's in down. I'm glad that he's not in the new ones. Chris and I recently had a fix for a Harry, we think. I think. I don't know if Chris wants is me to Is this our college proposal? Oh, uh, maybe. I was just going to say that it should be, if you're going to do Harry in a modern setting or a more updated non raimi setting, you should tease him as someone who could make the wrong choice, but surprises you by making the right choice. He doesn't become, he doesn't follow in his father's footsteps. He doesn't. Yes, I think that's the best, that's the best way to cover him. Because, he should like, be we've a gotten, little fucker, but yeah, fun. We've gotten two versions of Harry becoming a little fucker. And what we need is Harry turning against his father and being like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> like, this sucks. And also, while he is not in the current films, I do think in the proposed subsequent three movies that they're going to make after No Way Home, I'm pretty confident that Harry's going to pop up on those. Yeah. We'll, do we'll we, see. we should, are we going to do a fan casting at the end of this? Yeah, this seems like it's going to run pretty short, so I think we'll have time. <laughs> I, I think, well, Chris and I have discussed this extensively, so we can just pop them out. Because I, I, I have a new Rhino pick, but continue. Um, are we going? Are we just going to cycle back to you for number two, or should we move to K to number two since you? Like K do. Yeah, like K do. Uh, okay. Unless she wants to talk about uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Uh, well, I, the only other thing I had written down is that like one of the saddest lines in all the movies is right when the fucking glider goes into him and he goes, don't tell Harry, and he just plops down. That is so sad. It gets me upset. Yeah, and in the new movie, he's like five minutes away from saying that when he's plucked into the, our, the new universe. Like, uh, Doctor Strange plucked him right from that moment. <laughs> so that's going to be some fun energy. Yeah, it's going to be rancid. <laughs> Willem Dafoe gives a good performance. He, yeah, I don't think he's ever given a bad performance. He's been in bad movies, but he always gives a good performance. That's my take. I cannot argue that. Nor yeah, do I want to. Yeah, he rules. Yeah, we'd love to see a little freak. I love a little freak. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Kay, who's your number two? <laughs> my number two is Venom. Ah, yes. And I think as a monster fucker, it's my right to put him on this list. And for those who don't know what that means, you can look it up. <laughs> I'm that sounds kind of self-explanatory. You think so, but I've had to explain it to multiple people before. Uh, an excru- not excruciating detail, but they just didn't get it. And then they had to pitch examples. Like, this is this one one of them? And I would go, <laughs> no. And then they go, what about this no, one? No, Grandma, go, yes. that's not one of them. Yeah. Oh, can I can I play this game really quick? Is Sweetums? But, mm, Sweetums is like a sexless creature. Interesting, interesting. I would say no we'll Muppet you could put in that tier. So who? Sorry? No, no Muppets. Not oh, Fozzie, oh, okay. Fozzie fucks. That is his... But that is canonical. In but the Muppets. I don't want to get into the sex lives of Muppets. It's something I've got into other times. America, America did not. It was canceled. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think Kay and I were the only two who like tuned in like every week for that show. <laughs> I... I didn't watch it when it was actively on. I watched it later. Yeah. On? Well, because I was in high school. I wasn't. Oh, I forgot that you're 12. On the subject. 12. On the subject of Venom, to- Topher Grace was on ABC's Muppets. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> Bringing it all back. 
He didn't watch it, but he was on it. <laughs> this is tantamount to you bringing up 9-11. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, Reef Carney is in Mouse and Gucci. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sorry. Venom, I believe, was your pick. Okay. Yes, Venom, and I think Eddie Brock is something else entirely, and they are boyfriends. Um, yes. Topher Grace's Venom doesn't work for me because it's Topher fucking Grace. Um, but... Venom did scare me when I was younger, like watching the third one, because I, when did the third one come out? 2007. So I was nine. Um, So I was still young enough to be scared by teeth. Teeth are like objectively one of the scariest body parts. Have you ever seen the movie Teeth? No. Yeah, don't watch it. (laughs) I, I won't, I won't. But, so, but. The thing with me and sharp teeth is like they're scary, but they're also hot because like vampires. Is it the amount of sharp teeth? It might be something about the amount. I will say this too is fine. As a teen, um, I I was I've always been an avid player of the video game Mortal Kombat, and weirdly, the character I always had a huge crush on was the scary as hell Melina, who is just like a attractive woman with a mouthful of very sharp razor teeth that looks like a monster. I don't know why, but uh, it's better not awaken anything. (laughs) We got a monster fucker over here. Yeah, yeah. Me me playing uh, Mortal Kombat Deception, this better not awaken anything in me. All right. Um, I didn't love the first Venom film either. So I don't even know why I like Venom so much. I just think the idea of a symbiote is such an interesting villain characteristic where like on his own he can't thrive he needs a host um and he just like amplifies the characteristics of oh, that you host. Haven't seen, i'm sorry you haven't seen venom 2 yet and i haven't seen let there be carnage with who's in that carnage. woody harrelson mm-hmm. yes, yeah yeah interesting um He's giving a performance that is disappointing based on how fun that performance should be. I just feel like they're very horny films for uh, for no reason. Well, no, there's absolutely... Re- I think the idea of Venom is inherently horny. Tom, um, Tom Hardy is one of our horniest actors. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm an actor. Of course, I've had gay sex. Of course, he is one of our... He's got a. He's clearly got some sort of like gag fetish as well. Um, It's like a vor thing too, and oh, that's um, interesting—a gag fetish with a vor fetish. mm, Yeah, directly opposed. That's like uh, that's like a scorpion and a frog, like just polar opposites. I I also just think that antiheroes are fun. I like antiheroes, and he kind of—it's a lethal protector. Becomes one. Mike, that, I think that's not going to track for someone who hasn't seen the second one. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, Venom Lethal Protector is one of my the earliest comic books I ever bought as a kid. And um, it's one of the only ones I have in pristine condition. I looked up its value not long ago. It's worth like a couple hundred bucks. So um, it's a good, it's a good one. Bragger. Venom cool. I've read two comics in my whole life. I've read a Guardians comic. And I've read actually 
a few scrolls. When you say guardians, do you mean guardians of the galaxy or is there just a uh, group called guardians I'm of, not aware of? of the of the galaxy. Okay. Those ones. Because there's too much. Mm, no. We got, a, we got a Pratt fan over here. No, no. <laughs> I've been, I think I've been vocally anti-Chris Pratt on this podcast You, you pitched trying to recast him, I believe. I, I did. I, re, I want to recast him with Joe McHale. I still think. Oh, that, sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I, well, you know, we're Joel all that, listens to this podcast. That, that brings me to my number two villain, Joel McHale in Spider-Man 2, the banker. In, in my brain, I wanted, I, I was like, I don't want to go on the record on Mike saying anything bad about Chris Pratt. And then I audibly groaned at Joel McHale. So. Yeah, a much more likable actor. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that... Joel McHale has the right energy for Star. I just don't think he has the sincerity required for that character. I think sincere Joel McHale is gross. Does <laughs> he? There's something about him. He it's gross, but it's also like, have you seen those those pictures of him in the bathtub? No. <laughs> I'll send them second, privately. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's take let's take a look. <laughs> I. There's something about him that is hot. Is it now? What which part did you find hot? Which was it when he tries to steal the gold coin after Doc Ock opens the vault, or was it when he denied Aunt May a toaster? Not in that. Not in that movie. I mean, in general, his general Uh, essence. Post hair transplant. (laughs) Did Joel McHale have a hair transplant? He must Um, have. 100%. 100%. I don't know if I'm... I don't know what I want to say on Mike and whatnot, but yeah, it's very clear he's had a hair transplant. Alright, I'm, I'm looking at this bathtub photo. <laughs> <laughs> it better not awaken anything <laughs> You should just make this temporarily the uh, podcast artwork. <laughs> Add the logo over it. <laughs> I think Craig would be very okay with it. Talk to this picture. <laughs> Um, a spider <laughs> you gotta tweet this out after yeah, Peter Parker stuck to the ceiling <laughs> I want pictures of Joel McHale naked <laughs> you got it JJ <laughs> this looks like an audition for Succession that's the vibe this has I oh would love God. him on Succession oh he what God, he would bring some chaotic energy to that show. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård already brought so much chaotic energy that I don't know how much we could handle. <laughs> we should bring Stellan on. Get a good yeah. Stellan Skarsgård energy in there. And all the other sweet <laughs> actors who are also He stuck. feels like he should have already popped up in that. Should be in. Is he in the MCU? Yeah. Oh, Stellan Skarsgård? Yeah, he's uh, he's the doctor. He's the friend Selvig. of Thor. Selvig, Eric Selvig. Yeah. Yes, that, yes, That's yes. just a name we all know. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's one of our, our most popular characters. Kids are just flying to the stores to buy their Eric Selvig action figure. He's been in three? He's been four? in more than three, Mike. Like, he's been he in four been, MCU movies. But he has he's been in five. notably been in one of the least notable and memorable ones. So He's in the first two Thors and the first two Avengers. Oh, wait, hold on. You're right. He's not in... Thor 3, I guess. No, Thor 3 said no returning players. 
Oh, uh, that's not true. They have they have uh, four, three characters returned to be killed off immediately. Ah, <laughs> uh, and they're not even played by the same actors. Are they not? Josh Josh Dallas was busy. They got Zachary Levi to play him instead. They had Shazam. That was two. He came back for three. <laughs> Show up on set for one day to get stabbed by a sword. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was my number two. Oh yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go my number two. Um, I mean, this was always coming, and I'm sure it's on everybody's list. Uh, Doctor Otto Octavius. That's my number two too, baby. Yeah. He Real hot. good. Alfred Molina hot. Alfred Molina hot. He. He's got, he, he got that chest open. My mm. biggest my biggest complaint about uh, No Way Home at the moment is that he's wearing a shirt. Yeah. Doc Ock, don't did, wear a shirt. Why did they give him like a turtleneck? I don't know. He should be, he should just be. choice. If I know anything about Spider-Man, sleeves. it's that these characters, they're like gods and therefore we should see their nipples. <laughs> you know, like uh, Mary Jane in the first Spider-Man movie. That would not, that would not, that would not be allowed today. It is, it is actually insane rewatching that movie. Like, you remember that scene as being like, I'm pretty sure that's like too much, but it can't be that bad. And then you watch it, it's like, oh, wow. This is she worse than I remember. She was only like 18 or 19 years old. I mean, it, tell that to Sam Raimi. That's <laughs> fucked up. Well, he's put more, he's put teenage girls through more fucked up stuff on camera. So I'm sure it was nothing. Like uh, having to murder a cat and um, drag me to hell. Or getting sexually assaulted by a tree, yeah. Missed that part. <laughs> no, in in Evil Dead. No, you, yeah, you've, you've oh, seen it at right, least right. twice. Um, with Doc Ock nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say, um, I'm so happy that uh, Sam Raimi did get to direct Spider Man Two, specifically because you need a horror director, especially like a kitschy horror director to do the scene where he wakes up on the operating table mm. like that is just one of the best scenes in any superhero that's, movie <laughs> that's the best scene in any spider-man movie for sure it's so yeah. good i i was like confused when i was younger watching it because i was like this feels like a horror film as an adult now big brain knowing it's sam raimi i'm like ah this makes sense and of course, uh, you've got one of the orderlies grabbing a chainsaw <laughs> to try to cut off his robotic arms. I would try it. <laughs> what else are you going to do? I would simply play dead. Me, my, my mode in almost any movie is to just lie on the ground. <laughs> Real cinematic, that is. <laughs> he, oh, at least I get to be in the sequel, Mike. <laughs> to talk about Raimi in... Um, specifically Doc Ock, but being a horror director, I think one of the best scenes in Spider-Man 2 is when, uh, I keep wanting to call him Sandman, when Doc Ock throws a car through the coffee shop and while Peter and Mary Jane are talking. And, uh, you know, it cuts to, you hear the, the clanking of the tentacles. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, and it yeah, cuts yeah, to yeah. Peter. And every time there's a clank of the tentacles and you're not seeing them, it crash zooms in a little bit closer and I think that that is such a incredible touch that the fucking MCU and Mark Webb movies are missing that you just don't have a cinematic director making these Spider-Man well, movies anymore. Yeah, those first two, those first two Spider-Man movies, and I'm going to single those two out specifically. Yes, because um, well, the third one kind of loses a lot of that. I was um, I was going to say he tries to repeat that exact thing in the third one, but it's in a much less uh, engaging scene, which it's underground and Sandman. The reason I keep wanting to say Sandman is looking at Peter rip the like 
the fucking like manhole cover off of this giant pipe and you know there's water behind it and every time a little like screw pops off it would do a crash zoom into sandman and the whole time i'm like good kill him like there's no <laughs> i just don't care he he lost the he lost the thread i, I, the I just re- i just miss when spider-man movies had directors um i'm not anyway. here to shit talk john watts I am a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's a little bad. Get someone else to direct Fantastic Four, please. Um, no, th- 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 that scene that you mentioned, though, where he throws the uh, taxi through the window, I I always think when I'm watching it, Doc Ock doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man in the scene. This would kill him. <laughs> like, he's not going to get to interrogate Peter if this taxi cab crushes him to death. He's very lucky that. that that's Spider-Man. <laughs> Well, I guess the fucking movie sucks then. <laughs> no, perfect movie. Five stars. I just opened my phone and saw Joel McHale's naked body in a tub. He's wearing <laughs> underwear. I uh, okay. <laughs> I, a freak I, takes a bath with underwear. Well, if he, he knew he was going to take photos. He, he, he made a deal chance? with Spider-Man beforehand. You gonna take that chance of the bubbles popping and everyone seeing your schlong? It's no, hotter no. to be wearing something. See, yeah, it's like this when is you're why, wearing just socks and you feel more naked. This is why he's not on Succession, because if he was, he wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, yeah, maybe, we just, maybe we just get caught up. I don't know. Yeah, let's just, let's just let's just let's just recap season three of Succession. We'll what else, you, what else right do you now. have going on? We got to talk about Doc Ock. I got I got stuff. Guys. I'm uh, my therapist. Uh, look, I <laughs> <laughs> I like how you can just say my therapist. Look, and then just teeter off. <laughs> talking about Doc Ock, I at one point want to talk about Liv. If we're talking about uh, characters that span multiple movies and multiple incarnations, but I uh, oh yeah, no, actually Liv rules uh almost as good as alfred molina yeah i i like her a lot she's she's got um tentacles that are made out of the like the pencil grip you know that little fucking gooey rubber i like those tentacles yeah no it's it's very fun she it's it's also like such a great twist too because you're fully not expecting that it's certainly at no point where you're like oh she's gonna reveal she's doc fucking Oct in this scene um i i I always think it's an interesting uh, choice for to have like the goo tentacles, especially because when we see uh, Spider Gwen's universe, she gets sucked out in the middle of a fight with a Doc Ock, who clearly has like the more classic um, like metal arms. So I wonder if we're going to see any other incarnations in the across the Spider Verse. That'll be yeah. I have no predictions whatsoever. Um, I have Doc Ock actually as my number one. Because I think Doc Ock rules. Um, and the second one was like my favorite one growing up. Where like my brother and I, we, we, we liked our trilogies. We would watch the prequel, the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Oh yeah. We, then we'd hyperfixate on the original Star Wars trilogy. And then we'd watch all three Spider-Man movies. That was like, we'd, we'd cycle through those. And we liked the second one the most. Especially there was an outtake with Alfred Molina. Um, we we loved um, special features where he's like on he's all tethered up and he's doing one of the line readings and he goes up too high and we we rewatched it like five times in stitches um, and I think maybe that's why he's my favorite villain because Alfred Molina brings something so 
human and fun to the role. Um, he's just such a, a good character because he's not a bad person. He likes Peter. It's just his invention overtakes him. And then at the yeah. end, he overtakes his invention and he chooses to like go to the river. It's good. Yeah, he definitely, well, he's definitely maybe. the most likable of the Spider-Man villains, yeah. for sure. Like you're, you oh. want him to get better. Like, whereas with Goblin, you kind of want him to get, become more of a little freak. But um, with, with Doc Ock, you're like, come on, man. You could, you could be, um, I don't know, helping the world with your robotic arms. <laughs> then his wife, Donna Murphy, dies, which is sad. It is sad. Damn. It just, I think it, it's a testament to 2004 blockbusters that Alfred Molina can be second build as a, uh, as Doc Ock in a superhero movie. It rules. Man. Yeah. What a, <sighs> we, we used to live in a, a, a country, a real country, where Alfred Molina <laughs> was the second build. <laughs> I wonder what he is build in No Way Home. I... I think he's up. He's got to be up there. He seems like he's going to be the the villain with the largest presence in the movie, for sure. I like, think it's just because he's the most popular one that's in it. Which is weird to me, again, because, like, they're positing Doc Ock as, like, Spider-Man's ultimate foe has returned. But it's Goblin. Like, why isn't Goblin at the forefront of this? Maybe it would give too much away if they showed Goblin. That's, I don't know. Uh, he, it seems that he is fourth build after Tom Holland, Zen, uh, Zendaya... Benedict Cumberbatch and Alfred Molina. Yeah, okay, that makes Benedict Cumberbatch is in that. So I think it's seniority things. Seniority, obviously. So he's like, so he's like the next highest build, like after like the main players. So yeah, that 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 bodes well for what we're going to see from his character. It also, I mean, again, I know we're not talking about theories here, but the trailer implies that he's going to sort of be on their team a little bit. He's like the ringmaster for all. Is this where we're making our predictions? I, I <laughs> no. mean, it's definitely going in that direction, but we'll, we'll we'll put a pin in it. I'm so sorry, but we'll put a pin in it until we've gotten through our entire list, and then are you doing improv? Oh, or are you putting a pin in? Yeah, something? he's he's doing a physical. No, I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing pantomiming. Yeah, like real, that I'm doesn't doing the opposite of that doesn't miming. play so well in a podcast. Well, guys, that was a little treat for you all. <laughs> so fuck off. For everyone, imagine the worst thing you've ever seen. That's what Mike's doing. Um, <laughs> a lot to pick from there. <laughs> um, right. Um, okay, so Doc Ock, good cool. villain. Good guy. Hot. Pro nipple. <laughs> yes. In both incarnations, by the way. Liv can get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... What are your number ones? Do we have the same number one, Chris? Do you know? Do you know that we have the same number one? Is that why you're asking us this? No, I, wait. I, do we? I I, I know, know for a fact that we do, Mike. Okay, Kay, you, you, Mitch, We've talked about this too much for us not to have the same. Okay, what one. was your number two? It was Venom. Okay, then you you give us your number one. I, I just ours Doc, is. It was just Doc Ock. I just said that. Oh, her do number you pay one was Doc Ock. to me when I talk. Numbers I know that you don't. So hard. <laughs> numbers are the hardest thing on earth that's actually i think diamonds technically but numbers are forever mm-hmm. so okay mike do we want to just on say the count of the on the count of three on the count of go i'm not even confident that it is the same but i'm pretty sure it's the same okay three two, two, two one, one. J. J. Jonah Jonah jameson, jameson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh is the uh, best villain of all time Asterisk. Uh yeah, uh, uh Mike uh agreed. 
he's so good that they didn't know how to recast him twice. Yeah, like in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, we he is played by an email. <laughs> They're like, we can't get a human actor for this yet because we haven't figured it out. So he will email J. Jonah Jameson. Instead. Emails are scary though, especially when you use Bing as your browser. <laughs> he um, you can replace Willem Dafoe with Dane DeHaan. You cannot replace. J.K. Yes. Simmons. Oh my god, I forgot his name. <laughs> Fuck. It is very similar to J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Yeah. Simmons. It sounds like uh, enough that it messes with your brain. He is he is my most watched actor of the year according to my Letterbox Pro stats. And he will only continue to rise because he's in. And no way home. From, you're writing something down as if you're like marking a strike that I see. Yeah. yeah, you talked about your Letterbox Pro stats, which and it's like she, you have she the, etches it know. into her uh, her desk every time you mention it, right next to notches. <laughs> no, I I came up with a joke for myself, and I'm writing it down so I don't forget it. This don't worry about remind- it. Remind me to remind you guys to talk about Donald Glover later, because. But okay. oh yeah, yeah, we haven't even mentioned him. One of my yeah. uh, one of my runner-ups, uh, Joe Jonah Jameson. I think it goes without saying he's the best. I think mean, he, he really like. I I was shocked on this rewatch to see how little he is in these movies. Like he leaves such an impression. But for one thing, he doesn't show up until over an hour into the first one, and then literally he's just electrifying. Literally, I think he appears at the 60-minute mark, if not 61-minute mark. And he's he's in it. I did the math. He's in it for less than three minutes. J.K. Simmons is just that good. Yeah, I I actually, like, timed it out because I was, like, shocked. And, like, yeah, you just want more of them. I want a legal drama of just, or or not a legal, um, uh, a journalism drama about just the Daily Bugle cast. The whole cast is great. J.K. Simmons said that they approached him about that, like, a week ago. He he oh. said that they like were in, they someone came up and was like, "Would you want to make a Daily Bugle movie?" And he was like, "No, no one wants to see this shit." Uh, and I want to see that shit. Was that going to come out before or after the Aunt May movie? <laughs> well, I think that goes to show just how desperate Sony was for <laughs> yeah. e- just grasping onto anything. Um, Literally, what could that have been about? <laughs> it's like Spotlight, but. With the Daily Bugle instead. Oh, no, the Daily Bugle movie, that, that writes itself. I want to know what the Aunt May movie was about. Yeah, I. that's one of my things that I'll talk about later about Aunt May, but... Yeah. I guess it would have had something to do with um, Richard Parker being a spy. The worst plot element of any of these movies. You, you, Kay, you mentioned earlier that Spider-Man has to, like, he should just be a guy. It could be any of us. And yeah, that's you, the whole thesis for Into the Spider-Verse. And that's apparently not the thesis of Turn Off the Dark. And it's <laughs> definitely not the thesis of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which fails on so many fronts. Um, that Richard Parker's dad gives him, the real villain of the series, forces his kid <laughs> to have his DNA so it can be Spider-Man and Jason. Like, fuck off. Fuck well, off. Let us not forget that the way that Peter finds out about this is that he breaks his dad's calculator, which has subway tokens inside of it. So then he gets to find his untouched lab, despite the fact that it's revealed later that his father is still alive. Why hasn't he been back to the lab? He, he... I like pretending it's it a movie movie. doesn't exist as a little treat to myself. I, I genuinely think that the calculator with coins in it is the Spider-Man equivalent 
to um, the Rise of Skywalker's knife that shows the coordinates of the Death Star. <laughs> Can we have a Rise of Skywalker corner while I talk about how much of the movie Absolutely not. No, no. We haven't had a single Star Wars episode. I would like to point that out. We've been Good. planning one, but it just hasn't happened yet because I want Craig to be on it and he hasn't watched any of the new movies. If you're looking for guests, Mike and I have uh, I think we, I think we takes I th- on every film. Think we <laughs> just failed our job interview. Chris, we will not be back on this pod. <laughs> no, you remember you already weaseled yourself into having another episode. That is where true. We, well, I thought we would about announce no that. Yeah, I thought oh, we'd you... announce that later, but we could talk yeah. about it now. By the way, speaking of that, um, I don't know when you want to record that, but again, Mike will be here in a few days, that so we could be easier. in person. Yeah, that would make it. E- yeah, but we we'll we're gonna we'll be worse in person. <laughs> no, I know, but at least we know that there'll be like a stableish uh, internet. Yeah, yeah, because it'll be a we'll lighthouse. <laughs> we'll see. Um. I so discord wherever I go. Um, where to, JJ? Oh, I feel JJ. confident calling him an antagonist, or, or at the very least, if not a villain, because of his uh, cameo in Far From Home. Oh yeah, because he he outs Peter Parker as Spider Man. He is in which he plays favorite. Alex Jones. But also, he met, like he yep. helps like turn the public against Spider Man and all in the Raimi films too. Yeah. But he's so... Have you guys seen... I know it's the, the tweet that's going around of the, like, seven different tonal shifts in the single scene from Spider-Man 2 where Peter steals the suit back from JJ? I haven't. It's just someone just tracking the the, the seven different tonal beats. Beca- and it's all on J.K. Simmons, who goes from... Depressed. Sad that... <laughs> yeah. yeah, sad that whatever... He his, does his, so his, much. His, his son's fiance is missing to annoyed at Ted Raimi to like talking to, um, uh, what's is it? Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. Is that his talking to Robbie Robertson about business to like being like, Oh God, I can't believe I, I fucking upset Spider-Man till he left. It's my fault. And then the suit disappears and he's like, oh, I hate that fucking spider creep. Fuck him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I so think the opposite good. of a spider is JK Simmons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the opposite of a spider, a newsman. <laughs> Spiders don't get, care about the news. Spiders notoriously do, do not care about the news. I've never seen a spider reading a newspaper. No, that's because they read the web. Oh, oh God. No. I, I... <laughs> no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My number one spider villain is Chris. <laughs> This is where I reveal I actually am the sixth member of the Sinister Six in the upcoming No Way Home. You'll be playing Swiss Miss. Yes. Um. <laughs> Retitled Christmas. Oh, I'm wearing I'm wearing the hat. This is so dumb. I am flabbergasted at how I was because I was gonna fucking ask you why you picked him as your number one, but I don't care anymore. This is good. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's for all of the reasons you already mentioned. Like, he's just, he's giving an, just a perfect he's performance. You want nothing more than to see more of him. Like, you should hate that character. Like, reading the comic books, you're like, ah, oh, JJ sucks. But, like, watching J.K. Simmons on screen, you can't help but love this guy who is making our favorite character Spider-Man's life miserable. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing some things down really quickly. Taking notes. <laughs> Again, bullying works. Bullying does work. 
it, it is interesting, though, that they are making him into, like, the absolute worst kind of news person in the next movie, which I guess is his analog, but like, you never really seemed that way in the Raimi films. I think they just had to update it for new media where, like, no one really reads newspapers and, like, everyone gets... A lot of people get their news from, like, these annoying podcasts. I just don't think that if Breitbart came out and they're like, we have definitive proof that this person is actually this person, that anyone would listen. (laughs) At least nobody of note. (laughs) You haven't been to Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) People would care. I think now more than ever that news uh, catches on. There would be, my mom would share it on Facebook. Like, that would be... She would all of a sudden have an opinion on Peter Parker, and it would be the worst opinion you could have. No, love you, mom. No offense. <laughs> Your mom actually um, listens to this, so I'm terrified. Now, Mike, you have a pitch because we've talked about this. Um, no way home is just bringing back all the original actors, but that does imply that there are MCU versions of those characters already existing in the MCU. So, Mike has a pitch for who should I, look, play. J. Jonah Jameson, if they were going to replace the actor. And I think it's Chris and Chris and I have had an extensive conversation about casting all of the like MCU versions of characters we already got that we are now getting the old actors for. And that's actually the notes I was making of um uh my pick if MCU were to do J. Jonah Jameson without bringing back J.K. Simmons, I am I am all about bringing in um Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks would make a really good J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. I just don't want to see him in the MCU. Tom Hanks? Yeah. I just like, he's so outside of that realm that to see him in it would be upsetting. Can I ask, do you feel that way about, um, and I know they're not on the same level, but Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio? It was (laughs) off-putting. <laughs> and that's no you okay as a swifty it's hard for me to talk about this but i love weird jake we haven't talked about this yet in this spider-man villains episode <laughs> i love jake gyllenhaal he never he didn't make any of our looks i was at the height of my loving him when that movie came out and i still could reconcile it it felt like weird. a movie star stepping yeah. into yeah yeah it was it was strange. Well, i mean I kind of like that, that he has the energy of a movie star. Because that is, I mean, that's that. what's what Mysterio is. Like, in the comic books, he is literally, a, like, a movie star. And was like, ah, I got all these special effects. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of like that he steps in as this guy that completely changes the temperature of the universe. And um, all that Swifty stuff notwithstanding, he is on my runners-up list for, I think that, that they kind of knock it out of the park with Mysterio. Now that pill, that movie has other problems that I'm not going to get into, but I'll I get into them. It looks like a goddamn TV show. His portion of it is actually very well done. I'm surprised they were able to accomplish that with that character. I, uh, Kay, if you didn't like that pick, you're not going to like my other Sinister Six picks. But um, because I got I got some re fan cast, I got some fan cast. Jameson, I, notable member of the Sinister Six. I got I, I did all Sinister Six. Chris and I have set this down, and or we have set down and. God, and did you write out. all these down? I remember this I did. conversation. I wrote, but I don't I wrote all of them down. Okay. Is this the corner? May I have permission to read them? Yes. Go on. Okay. Okay. So my Doc Ock pick is uh, Jeffrey Wright. I don't care that oh, he's yeah. the Watcher. He's Full slammed up. On this. Oh, he's so good. Um. Oh, I forgot who we chose as Electro. Uh, Caleb oh, no, Landry I can tell Jones. you, Caleb Landry Jones. That's who it is. <laughs> he's got doing that, the he's same got that. voice he does in Finch. <laughs> he's got 
Hello, I I can't do it now. I am I'm Electro. Recording. I am yeah. Electro. Um, it sounds like Borat. Yeah, that's how he sounds in Finch. <laughs> Have you seen Tom Hanks's Finch? No. It's so I didn't think fine. it was a real movie. It's pretty good. He's one of the best robots I've ever seen on film. Yeah, he, he genuinely might be. It's a good movie. Um, our Sandman pick was Joel Edgerton, which I stand by. Our our lizard pick is Patrick Wilson, which I stand by. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my god. He just got a trustworthy um, professor vibe, you know? I'm saving our yeah. Green Goblin performance. Chris is adamant that Jason Manzukas could play the Rhino, and I'm less <laughs> on board. I think that would be very fun. I'd like to see it. You would was, it be good? I, I don't know, but I'd still like to see how it plays out. You do need a comedy fucker on the team. Well, yeah. hold on. I, I know that I joked about Jacob Jason Manzukas being the Rhino, but my actual pick in the MCU is for him to play Hercules. I want that on record. <laughs> he. I think your actual pick for Rhino was Sasha Baron Cohen, kind of. Um, I, I pitched like we pitched like twenty I, people to play the Rhino. He was the I one, we, take, the one we, we shook. I have a take that I was thinking about while we were talking yesterday on the phone about uh, Daniel Craig. Let him do an accent. <laughs> he looks yeah, like a fucking. Let him play a, a Southern Rhino. <laughs> kind of plays a Southern Rhino and knives out. Exactly. Minus I, minus the Rhino. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen Logan Lucky? I saw the first 15 minutes of it, not on a plane, at my house, uh, and I forgot I was watching it, and I finished it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, so if you cool. ever get back around to it, Daniel Craig is just delivering a top-tier performance. Adam Adam Driver's killing it in that movie. Oh, yeah, God, that went a good cast. <laughs> Can I... I, I want to go on record and say something really quick, which is... Uh, uh, sometimes I forget how insular we all are and how like film twitter works and how film people talk to where the other day my therapist did ask me what I, like what are you doing this weekend and i was like oh i'm gonna go see the last duel this, a few weeks ago she's like oh what's that and i was like oh it's the new adam driver movie and she said oh who's that and it occurred to me that oh yeah people outside of like spheres sometimes like they don't care None of this sticks to their brain. They don't have any thought as to what Adam Driver's doing at this exact moment like I am. It's humbling. It's, it is. She's, my therapist is like my age. Like maybe a year or two older, maybe a year or two younger. I haven't asked. That's rude. I just know that like, fuck, what are we doing? <laughs> you, well, you have the choice said. to care about other stuff. You've just yeah, chosen no. not to. I care about things. You should be proud I mean, of the choices you've made in this life that have led Pokemon you to this cards. moment. You also chose to mention Adam Driver as opposed to like White Ben Sox. Affleck and Matt Damon, and we know I that your it... therapist is a huge fan of the Viewers Universe. I thought I I thought I genuinely for a second thought that saying Adam Driver would sound better than Matt Damon. I did. <laughs> it elevates it slightly. Matt Damon makes it be, feel like oh, it could be just any movie. Adam Driver, it's like okay, there's some prestige. Since we're getting our hot takes on record, I would like to also uh, put it on record that I think Adam Driver is the best working actor today. I would agree. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> on on that page, I would like to say our Green Goblin pick, which is at the very least my Green Goblin pick. No. I hope Chris stays behind it. Can I? <laughs> it, well, is, it, is it Adam Driver? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. It's a. Oh it's wait, a, I know who your Green Goblin pick is. Yeah, never mind. Number one. <laughs> it's number one movie star. <laughs> he has the smile. No, I, I actually am I with Mike on this. I cannot believe you would mention that name on my podcast after Chris, we've we, 
had discussions about how I don't want you saying his name before. Will someone bleep that out? Whoever edits this episode, where you just bleep out his name? Yeah. Just know it's Missions Impossible. (laughs) Beep. (laughs) Uh, The Mummy. Yeah, okay, so uh, 2017's titular mummy should play (laughs) the Green Goblin. Uh, You cannot deny, Kay, that he is, in fact, a little freak. Yes, but I I don't want him on my screen. (laughs) I want him in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the the only way we're going to nail him for his crimes is if we catch him in the act of goblining. He looks like a little goblin. He's got the smile. He is the same height as Tom Holland. He jumps up on that couch on the Oprah show like the goblin. <laughs> like, like he looks like he's hopping on a glider. Does he say back to formula? <laughs> Honestly, I just want to say, him saying that would sound true. That would ring true. I would be terrified. It's a good that movie was 3D. It might actually kill us. I would say an actor who has the same energy as that, but I would rather see on my screen in general is Charlie Day. Who is funny <laughs> and also has hey, that's a terrible energy. casting. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. <laughs> Sorry, this I don't think it would be good, but I'm Tom saying Cruise and Charlie Day. <laughs> no, I'd say if we're going by that criteria, I would love to see Charlie Day show up as an alternate universe Spider-Man, but I I, I, I simply cannot abide. I don't think the they let color. Charlie Day make movies anymore. <laughs> After Pacific Rim Uprising, they just told him to, they just locked him up in movie jail. They're letting him be Luigi. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That's right. I don't think that. He's their Italian representation. (laughs) That's not the argument I think think it is. (laughs) Do you recall that interview where they said that? (sighs) They're like, yeah, Charlie Day, he's got a little bit of Italian in him. And that's our nod. It's one of the mo- like least Italian looking people. Well, I don't, you're forgetting about Chris Pratt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so angry about all of that. All of yeah, it. Yeah, I that that was simultaneously the best and worst day of my life when they announced the casting for that movie. All right. Um, all right. Honorable mentions. We've actually covered almost all of my honorable mentions. I just have one. Because uh, we've already talked Liv, we've already talked Venom, we've already talked Mysterio. I would like to say, just because we haven't really talked about him at all, um, as much as I think that they do a terrible do- job of adapting him in the movies, I think in concept, Lizard's really cool. <laughs> and I really think that he, they would have nailed it if he had A, worn the lab coat, and B, had a snout. <laughs> That's it. We, we don't talk enough about how his plan was to turn everyone into Lizard's. <laughs> good plan i'm not yeah. mad at it it is I, very funny I <laughs> like the other the other spider-man villains are like oh i'm gonna create a new fusion device and it's like oh i just want my daughter back and lizard shows up it's like i want to turn everyone into lizards <laughs> imagine if i were a lizard and i didn't go to grad school the dream hell yeah <laughs> Oh, Dr. Connors did both. That's important to know. That is true. <laughs> All right. What are some other uh, runners up? Uh, mine is the entire Sony creative team. Well, we already talked about them. <laughs> no, we talked about the, the, the Turn Off the Dark team. Kay beat oh, me right. to the joke by a solid five points. But the Sony team is just as bad. <sighs> if not they worse. Really, they yeah, really are. Just... They're secretly more bad. 
like out it's very obviously uh very obvious that the the creative team behind the broadway show is bad sony they disguise themselves i i, I don't know they kind of, they put all the evidence in those Amazing Spider-Man films. <laughs> I don't know if they disguise themselves too well. There was the, and, and you know, the the, uh, the information's out there, so I don't feel bad talking about it. But, you know, there was the the guy, the Sony producer, who said during the, while he was trying to come up with the Sinister Six movie, who was like, Venom should be the villain, and it should be because Spider-Man gets a new black suit, and the villains make so much fun of him, that... He throws the suit away and it turns into an evil monster and Spider-Man has to join up with the Sinister Six to defeat him. That was well, a real we, thing. As we've talked about, Mike, bullying works. It, <laughs> it's a bad Sinister tank. Six want to bully Spider-Man into throwing away his new cool costume. When, when, um, Mar when they were working out the fucking Marvel deal and Sony came to the table with two people they had in mind to play Spider-Man at the time, it was Dylan O'Brien and uh, Logan Lerman. And, and Kevin Feige was like, no! I like Dylan O'Brien. I, I like them. They're, they're good yeah. for what they are. I don't think they would be good Spider-Men. They were also in their mid-20s. Is that like, true? Yeah, at back time, in like 2017, yes. yeah. Oh, in 2017, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this would like, have been a, for, for the Tom, Tom Holland, Holland. Spider-Man, not for the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, they would have been fine instead of Andrew Garfield. I think they would be yeah, fine. Yeah, I think they'd... Uh, I don't want to say they'd be better because I like what Andrew's bringing to the table, but it would seem <sighs> Actually, you know what? Can we talk about Andrew Garfield for a my, second? Yes. My hot take is that Andrew Garfield is the best Peter Parker. Interesting, because my hot take is that he's too cool and I want to punch him. No. I love he's, him. And obviously, he and Emma Stone have the best chemistry. Oh well, oh, easily. all of the. I couples. mean, the second movie in particular, their 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 chemistry is just like coming off the screen. Like I, at a certain point, I want to look away because it feels too personal. The the Kevin Feige notes that he gave for the Amazing Spider-Man two, where he was like, Andrew Garfield is all over the place. Like he's too high in some points, he's too low in some points. So when you actually should feel him low after Emma Stone's death, it doesn't track. And I, I kind of agree with that, but I do agree that he, he is the most watchable. Uh, never mind. I like Tom Holland more, but he's I more like watchable Tom than Toby. Yeah. yeah, he's more watchable than Toby. Oh, well, Toby's a disaster. <laughs> I think Toby's as much a as I, as much as his movies are by far my favorite, every actor in them, I, I don't love except for the villains, like well, the three punchable. main characters. Yes, yes, very. He has he's, a very punchable face. He's just a gross little fucker. As far as the Gwen thing is concerned, I, I don't think that there could be a better move for the MCU to make now that they're pulling in characters from other universes than to bring Emma Stone back as their Spider Gwen. I don't, I don't think that, that she'd with... do another Marvel movie, though. Maybe not, but I, I would love to see it. That. I would simply like to see Emma Stone and Haley Steinfeld on screen together. Chris That's Evans took a little. You, but Chris Evans took a little pushing to get back. I. But like I don't know. I guess it. It depends on Cruella too. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I'm like Emma's some more prestige actor now, but I'm like, no, she did Cruella. I can't say that. Yeah, yeah. Not that Cruella's <clears throat> a bad movie. I actually liked it, but um, Mahershala won his Oscar, and the first thing he did was be like, "Hey, Marvel, let me play Blade." Yeah, that Blade's rules. Cool. But... Yeah, Blade's yeah, Blade notoriously is... cool. Okay, there's Spider an entire Man episode. There's an entire episode of Detroiters about how cool Blade is. Oh, <laughs> Perfect show. <laughs> Spider Gwen is cool. Like I think it would be a good a good move if Emma Stone wanted to do it. If she doesn't want to do it, fuck it. 
no no loss. I I'm just saying in an ideal universe, that's my pick. She rules. I mean, she's also just the most electrifying character in Into the Spider-Verse. A movie with my favorite incarnation of Spider-Man ever, Peter B. Parker. I like that he's Jewish. I think that's a fun little little character point. I think he's Jewish in the comics. In yeah, I think he is. Them, yeah. Which um, makes sense if he's from Queens, but half of Queens is Jewish. And yet he recorded a Christmas album. Well, that's where the money is. Yeah. Chris Pine, definitely not Jewish, though. <laughs> it's Chris Pine Jewish. Chris Pine is not Jewish. Liam <laughs> Schreiber is. Um, oh, yeah. um, anyway, Into the Spider-Verse is just the best Spider-Man movie. That concludes our corner. Is this character Jewish? I'm sorry. Did you know that Chris Pine is dating Annabelle Wallace? Okay. <laughs> I don't know who Annabelle Wallace is. She's, uh, of, of Annabelle. She's thing. in the titular Annabelle film. <laughs> She is, she is, uh, she's malignant. Yes, she actually oh, is malignant. Oh, she's malignant. <laughs> hey, would, would malignant be a good Spider-Man villain? I say yes. Of course. <laughs> Malignant's one of the be, best movies I've seen this year. That would be a very fun villain, like visually to fight Spider-Man. It could They're definitely so- make up for all the lost uh, potential with Mysterio, I think. Yeah, I guess we don't really get a good fight with with Mysterio. So I feel like the later Spider-Man movies don't really have as good fights as the earlier ones. No. Okay, is this when I can start complaining? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We've we're fully Please. in it. Because I have I have Okay, let's go back into my Google Doc. So, well, first I have my predictions for No Way Home. Okay. Which is that Toby and Andrew are definitely in it. Mm-hmm. We know this now. It seems Charlie, all but confirmed. Charlie Cox is definitely in it. Yeah, I'm starting to think so too. Because of know, the most recent comment. Can we talk I about I don't know anything about Daredevil, but well, I know on. people are excited about this. So Did, Daredevil have you seen the news of this morning? About Okay, so back to our news segment of uh, things you might have heard about already. Um, yeah, that's definitely yeah, what it's called. <laughs> Kevin Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Kevin Feige confirmed in an interview that Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. (laughs) He didn't say where or when, but he said in general, he will be coming back. Interesting timing. Um, (laughs) Is this this a good time to also say that Kingpin is coming back in Hawkeye? It seems all but confirmed that that is happening as well, which I'm so glad of all the things that they're bringing from the Netflix universe, which is in general bad. (laughs) I want to say Daredevil slams. Every season of that show is good. And I'm glad that they're roping it in. I haven't watched any of the Netflix Marvel stuff or any of the... You don't have to. CW, I mean, yeah, you know. other stuff. Is that even um, Marvel? Is that DC? There's a- CW's DC. <laughs> you don't need to touch that. I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I would like to say that if I could direct or write any any superhero movie ever, it would be Daredevil. I like him. Well, you just want to work with Ben Affleck. He's got a lot of, yes, Ben Affleck. No, he's got a lot of religious guilt and other stuff that I would like to uh, explore. <laughs> he's cool. I would do a I like, Squirrel I like, Girl. I like Daredevil. A he's Squirrel a boxer. Girl coming of age movie, because that's fun. Squirrel Girl, Daredevil. Which, which one are you doing? Ah, oh, damn. Um, I didn't prep for this question. <laughs> you have Mike, you got any theories? Answer, <laughs> you got any theories while I think about this? Oh, you're a, oh my God. I can't believe I forgot. You are a massive, massive, massive fan of um, 
Oh, I actually I do have the, an answer. The, sorry. Who's the guy? The, who's the who's yeah. the big yeah, blob boy in X Men? Oh, <laughs> that's not my answer, but I do like him. Um, uh, I, I forget his name. It's like Blobman or something. I don't know. Anyway, oh, yeah. no, my my actual answer is Namor. Oh yeah, I would love to do a Namor movie. And uh, apparently, they casted someone incredibly boring to play him in Black Panther Two. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> they used they when the other show when they pitched it the what was it even i don't even know the new avengers or whatever young avengers they had the at&t lady playing squirrel girl squirrel girl yes i recall that new, um, new warriors yes new warriors. i yeah. forget it i it's not i think she would have been she would have been pretty good Di- i just think demi, she's too old yeah now it's certainly uh demi was writing for that show that's my oh, biggest like upset yes. i'm like oh um i mentioned this to Kay already um i want to hear your take on it i know you don't watch sex education but I think no. that, um, what is her name? Emma Mackey? No, the other one. <laughs> oh, Amy Lou Wood? Yes, Wood. Amy Lou Wood. Yep. I think she would be an excellent squirrel girl, based purely aesthetically. <laughs> I think she looks perfect. I like Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink is good. I, because she's I mentioned this, and fun. Yes, I mentioned this to Mike. Uh, I think she would be a good uh, Phoenix. I guess. She looks just like Sophie Turner. Who you mean Phoenix? Like yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Didn't we just do this? I mean, I mean, Phoenix. When characters are casted to look like characters, I think that it's okay. I think uh, Squirrel Girl should go Woodley mode. (laughs) Why is she losing points? Shan Woodley. She's got to. She's out there eating dirt. We gotta let her. We gotta give her a job. I know. I'm sorry. My uh, (laughs) no way home theory. This isn't actually my theory, but I just think it would be very funny if, um, you know, this whole movie is about him being told he has to kill all these uh, villains and he not him not wanting to. Eventually, he just goes on a rampage and murders everyone. That's why I wanted to mention. So, Kay, you think he's going to save them all? Because I also think he's going to save them all. Yeah. He's definitely going to save them all. He's Spider-Man. He doesn't kill people. Do you think he'll send them back to their universes? Or will they get to live in this new universe? Us? Uh, well, I don't know where they're planning on going with the multiverse thing like is it broken (laughs) like is it can they send them back or is that an impossibility at this well it seems like since um loki for those who watch the loki show spoilers um it seems like since loki broke the universal timeline um their rules are kind of thrown out the window as far as like who can exist in what universe so I think maybe they all just are coming to this main Earth timeline universe and they'll maybe do fun stuff in space. So I like when characters who aren't from space go to space and do space. Dane Whitman. <laughs> oh, that brings You've us been to our waiting. favorite segment. You've I was going to mention waiting. Dane Whitman in our Dane corner, but I kept calling it the Dane to Han corner and fucked it up. So I'm glad I found a place for Dane, Dane Whitman. Welcome to Dane Whitman corner. Our hey favorite guys, character from Marvel's Eternals. <laughs> his girlfriend gets abducted by a giant celestial alien and he runs to grab his sword. May we not forget. He's great. <laughs> he, me, me and Mike have discussed this at length, obviously, but. um. <laughs> I think that it is to the film's full benefit that Kit Harrington is a terrible actor. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. I, he, I don't he know. Is, His performance in that movie, I think, is... Maybe the character just sucks. Have you ever... No, the character... No, perfect. did you see his... It's Dane Whitman. He wants to be turned into a giraffe. He meets, he meets gods. And I was like, can you turn me into a giraffe? 
And they're like, I don't think so. by anything. It seems like he's going through his entire own movie for that entire movie. And you're you just think, like, Wait, what's Dane up to? Do you think that that's maybe just bad writing? Uh, no, I think that Dane just rules. He, he FaceTimes into a big meeting and finds out the world's ending. And he's like, oh, God, I... Yeah, but my uncle, though. And Jimmy Chan's like, go talk to him. He's like, hi. Uh, there's oh, this God. whole thing with Merlin. You yeah, know, it's you a whole thing. Hear about it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm going to go to work. My girlfriend is a space robot. It's no big deal. <laughs> Have fun uh, saving the world. They went in school. Anyway, The Eternals, uh, disappointing. <laughs> Not a good movie. Uh, it, is, it is very telling of the quality of The Eternals that we spent like an hour talking about Dane Whitman after we saw it. <laughs> to... To, I think, wrap up where I think the MCU is going to go. I think the Eternals is setting up uh, Galactus. I think Nia DaCosta has offhand mentioned how excited she is to tackle the the space side of the MCU in the Marvels. I think that's going to bring in Galactus. I think that's the end game where they're going. That stuff scares me because I don't like when things are big. Wait, Chris and I have had this conversation recently. Big things scare me. Yeah. Big things are so scary. Okay, here's... I had a kind of... My take is different. I think that things are scarier when they're smaller and more personal, and it's just me that has to deal with it. But when they're bigger and the whole world has to deal with it, I'm less scared because it's not on me at that point. No, that makes it scarier. I'm a control no. freak. I'm not. Yeah, I, want, I, I want to be out of control of that situation. If, if it's Jason chasing me, I'm terrified. I'm not going to get away from Jason. He's going to get me. If Godzilla... If I Godzilla, can't shoot Galactus. If Godzilla is in my town, I can simply leave. <laughs> He's not going to look for me in particular. Jason will. No, big big things are now, scary. You can't stab I, them with your sword. You can't shoot them. It's like when something is so big, it's overwhelming to your senses, and you physically cannot deal with it. Yeah, I, I don't have to deal with it. It's too big. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's not... It's not that you don't have to deal with it. It's just like there's no way to wrap your mind around it that you just can't it's, deal with it it's it's the exact opposite of main character syndrome where you're like oh if, if it's a big thing you're dealing with everyone's dealing with it and it's not just me dealing with it and i don't like you're, that. you're now disposable yeah i don't want to be aaron taylor johnson and godzilla that is main character. He's the main character. No, he is not. I, what you don't want to be is Soldier 13. Who I would gets, give, like stepped on in one of the first scenes. I would give $10 to anybody who remembers that Aaron Taylor Johnson is in that movie outside of you and me. And and not I if I asked Aaron Taylor Johnson, "Hey, are you in Godzilla?" I will give him $10 if he remembers. He's like, oh, "Let's see here. I was in Tenet." Uh um, no, but my, my rules about size go out the window if I'm talking about space or underwater, because all of a sudden, I don't know what it is about that, but a giant monster underwater is the most terrifying thing on the planet to me. But you take that monster out of the water, I can get away from it. I have that phobia of, um, man-made items that are fully submerged underwater. That scares me. Like Titanic? Let's unpack that. Yeah, like the Titanic wreck. Oh, okay. Or like, there's like the... It used to be the 20,000 Leagues Under the under the Sea ride at Disney. It's now like a Finding Nemo ride, and it's supposed to be, like, for kids, and it's cute. But um, it's horrifying to me, and I went on it. It's, like, so claustrophobic, and you're looking through this little porthole, and it's underwater, and there's all like, these little, like, animatronics and stuff moving, and it's the scariest thing. I was, like, breaking out in hives, and my friend's like, oh, this is so cute, and I was freaking out. Um, yeah. I like that you don't want to think about underwater things, man-made things, 
Whereas, like, James Cameron is making five Avatar movies to finance his next trip to the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> We're different people. Yeah, the opposite of a K is a James Cameron. That's we true. We figured it out. What is there left to talk about? What is on the, the agenda? <laughs> I, I wanted to complain that Aunt May could not exist in these movies, and they would be exactly the same. They do not use her as a character, like, at all. In the first one, she's kind of important. In the second one, she's, like, not important at all. She's you, just like, when you say, oh, look, when you say the, the second one, do you mean, are you talking about the Raimi film? No, no, no. I'm talking oh, about yeah, the Tom Holland. Okay. <laughs> I'm complaining about the Tom Holland films. I understand. It's just like, oh, it's funny that Aunt May is hot and that Happy is dating her. That's her entire purpose in the yeah, second but, movie, and it sucks. But I agree. Hear me out. Uh, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> No, but like they just use her to be hot. And it's just like, Aunt May is this character who always stands behind Peter no matter what. And we don't get that from her in the new ones. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely understand Tony Stark's legacy takes over the whole That's my biggest issue with the whole Spider-Man thing. Is, yeah. Iron well, Man. yeah, there's there's too much now to grapple with that you can't really deal with the classic Spider-Man elements. They're I, just kind of there for fan service. I think they should have said, I, uh, I, I'm I, a big proponent that they should to rewrite Far From Home to be set in New York. It can just set it in New York. It's a simple, it's a simple title change. Not Far From Home. Not Far From Home. He's around the corner. Spider-Man, I'm home. <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> uh. But yeah, he should he should interact with New York more. He should interact with Aunt May more. He should interact with the whole goddamn that second movie. He should probably take a photo or two. Yeah, yeah I would love for him to pick up a goddamn camera. He, he don't touch a camera, and they also never really mention Uncle Ben. Like he uses his suitcase in Far From Home, and there's maybe like one offhand comment about him. It blew up, but <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. He died in 9-11. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still by the... <laughs> by uh, yeah. Robert. Totally separate thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe 9-11 has come up like three damn times. <laughs> I mean, it's he, Spider-Man. It's in New York. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York. We literally talk about 9-11 all the time. Marissa Tomei, man. She's good. You have a crush on Marissa Tomei. That's why you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. My crush is, we all my crush is in order. Haley Steinfeld, Emma Stone, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> That's tight. I guess. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your type? Uh, good? <laughs> in Spider-Man movies. Yes, that is also my type. Um, that includes, uh, who plays, uh, Liv? Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. There we go. <laughs> it feels, I will say, it feels a little pointed that we're just going through the Spider-Man movies and picking out women. <laughs> it's <laughs> not that many can we them. list all the women we're celebrating him. women mike Andrew bryce rice. dallas howard what a bizarre take on gwen stacy yeah she's not good she's like a ditzy model but she's has like the lab partner like they're yeah they but go she's, to school together. she's bad at science she's bad at it though <laughs> yeah like she's like doesn't in all she, the other movies understand. she's like oscorp's number three person yeah she's like brilliant and then like into the spider verse she's like a cool like punk rock like drummer yeah but why is why like her best friend is peter i'm like why is your best friend 
a man a decade older I, than you. Okay, I paused the movie to try it's and a see. Different Peter. I, I <laughs> but like he looks the same. Age. I genuinely pause it to see if they he looks different and he does not, and it floors me. I'm like, he has to be like 16, right? No, because she's like a 15, 16 year old girl, yeah. and that is like at least a 28 year old man i do want to say gonna, they're not going to put in the extra three hundred thousand dollars to render another peter parker I, for this movie i do want to say he is 26 when he dies which hurts me every single time that i'm older than spider-man when he dies i think about it a lot every time it pops up peter parker dead at 26 i'm like fuck me well look at the bright side you're no you're not yet the age of peter b parker whose life has fallen apart i beat him to the punch it's nuts to me that we brought up James Cameron a few minutes ago without bringing up his Leonardo DiCaprio Spider-Man movie, but I think the time has passed oh as well God. as the fact that we, well, we're talking about a lot of stuff. We are on tangent on tangent at this point. He was going to do like the f- fucked up Spider-Man, right? Where yeah. he's like got eight Where he, arms like, shoots, and he like, like, shoots a web out of his dicks. ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play Adam Driver's part in House of Gucci, like, when it was in development, like, ten years ago. It's a me. <laughs> I think he I don't know if I would play that. a better Italian than Adam Driver, but... That might be one of the worst, with an asterisk performance I've seen Adam Driver get, and I loved every second of it. He is doing uh, something. Can't wait to see him. Name. Good movie. Sweetheart. He's so good. That movie rules. Chris, you're gonna love it. I I I know I'm, I'm gonna love it. I know I'm gonna. I'm embarrassed love it. every time it. someone gives it. I know Chris. He's gonna give it four stars. I am embarrassed every time me. I see someone. I'm gonna love it. <laughs> every time someone gives it two stars, I'm like, oh no. Tired I'm stupid. Ridley I'm the Scott. stupid one. No, I'm tired of no, him. no, no, no. Okay, no. <laughs> he's he's a little bit of a hack these days. No. <laughs> and he's just annoying. He. The man made Alien. The man made Blade Runner. I yeah, but then Denny Villeneuve did it better the second time around. I would like to see Denny Villeneuve make an Alien movie. D- Denny Villeneuve is a hack. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's not. I'm sorry. I'm just here. I'm just here to defend my friends. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you two I'm are sorry. at each other's throats. Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049 is in my top ten movies of all time. Um, I have a poster of it ugh. staring at me. Because I, I love that movie so much. Uh, it's no Dune, but right. Yeah, Dune is his like fourth best movie. That's my actual real life, I, honest to God, take. I, here's my take. I think he's doing his best work in that movie. He's doing his best he's work. Doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing your mom. <laughs> Hell yeah. He gets to after Dune. <laughs> he's allowed to do all of our moms. Guys, I asked 10 minutes ago if we can get back on track, and I think we've only gotten further. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think we're still on topic somehow. You're, you're complaining, which is correct. I, <laughs> my main complaints have to do with Aunt May, but also I feel like he just doesn't go through a lot of the famous Spider-Man struggles. The big thing in the first one is like, they take away his fancy suit and he has to prove the, that he's worth it without it. The interesting thing to me about Spider-Man is that he is a soul singular character who's not really on the avengers he doesn't work a lot with other people he is dealing with his own constant problems like all the time and not once in the mcu have we seen him removed from the avengers from tony stark from 
Nick Fury. Well, I mean, from... one of the most defining things about Spider-Man is that, like, he's, like, this kid that has no money and, like, can't hold his life together. And in these movies, nobody seems to have their life together better than Peter. To the point where he's like, I don't even need to go to high school. My life's planned out for me. And he could, yeah, have, I... he could afford that really expensive Lego set. Or is that Ned? <laughs> That's Ned. That is Ned. <laughs> but they like, go to, like, a, a nice private school. school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do go to that super nice school. He's um, going on a European like, vacation. At no point does this version of Peter Parker seem like he needs to get a job. No. Yeah, no. Because he, Tony Stark has given him everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that Tony Stark left his family like $300 billion. <laughs> like, just That's purely nice out of glasses. guilt. Yeah, that is true. He, he has, he's in charge of a global satellite network. That's not worthless. I can't believe we're talking about Spider-Man. Uh, you know, old Peter uh, Parker in charge of a billion dollar drone satellite service like fuck off Stupid. it's dumb. You should just yeah. have one movie where he is just on his own in new york stopping crime and uh i don't know what kissing you, women i do think, i think that's all spider-man I, does <laughs> but only upside down Ugh. um i do think you were on to something when you said that the first homecoming should have been set prior to civil war oh yeah that's a take i have i think it would have worked better if vulture was stealing from tony stark and spider-man stops him all his own and that's how tony yeah, stark like that's gets the how footage. tony yeah. learns of spider-man but uh the the one takeaway is that like he has that like dorky costume the whole movie but after watching him... the movie again very recently i think that costume kind of rules he could also like, i would like to see that in the whole movie i think he could make a better suit without it being a perfect suit you know i think he could well but he, he no he can't make a better suit because in civil war it opens with him having that suit well Listen, fuck it. Who cares? Oh, okay. <laughs> this is my hot sounds take. Sounds like you're proposing some... His suit. Mike, it sounds like you're proposing some sort of multiverse. Can I, I may I say maybe his suit gets damaged and he has to go back to his little suit for the end. Mm. Real easy. Uh, I don't know. Create a something, something, another device. Mike, or he can just he can just have his little sweatsuit and it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, this isn't what we're arguing. What we're arguing is that Tony Stark should have been in the first one. And it should have been pre-Civil War, and it should have been him coming to terms with being taking responsibility. It's all about responsibility. And he has absolutely lost control of that in the second one. He is responsible it, for, like, the smallest amount of stuff, and he fucks it up. It is so fascinating to me that they treat the line, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, it's this overused thing that is like, oh, we're tired of hearing of it. Like, to the point where, even in Into the Spider-Verse, he's like, don't, don't even say it. They only say that in the first Spider-Man movie. And he <laughs> Out of even eight like, spider Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, say it, say it. I, it. I don't think that's an overplayed line. I think that they should say it again. I think it's time. Uh, be careful what you wish for, because it sounds like fucking, I don't know, Doc Ock is going to tell it to him in the next movie. Yeah. Wait, I, hold I'd on. like to see it, think, as, as long as he's showing Nip. Oh, yeah, all Nip. Do you think that there's a possibility, as long as we're talking theories and shit, do you think there's a possibility Uncle Ben comes back in this movie? Cliff Robertson's dead. I don't mean Cliff Robertson, Mike. Oh. I mean his version of Uncle Ben. Yeah, and he's a—he's uh, a fucking lobster. <laughs> he's a professor, <laughs> and he's big, and also it's his friend's dad, who is also his, his friend uncle. being him. <laughs> yeah, you're your own friend. <laughs> oh wait, actually, I would love to see what they would do with Happy. In this scenario. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's dating Aunt May. <laughs> I love, love every I will say he is he is 
in some way, shape, or form cucked in every single Iron Man movie or Marvel appearance he has, it would it would only make sense. Yeah, things are going too well for Happy recently. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta bring his him best down friend is dead. Um, <laughs> Which means that he just got a huge inheritance. <laughs> oh yeah, he's now watching over a uh, Spider Kid. There's a celestial ripping women from the earth. <laughs> Don't worry, Dane DeHaan's got it. He's going to get his sword. Yeah, Blade's going to help him out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wait. yeah, he's got his sword. <laughs> we didn't talk about this with you, Kay. Do you know, did you watch the end credit scene of Eternals? With the sword? Yeah, where he goes to get the sword. Yeah. Do you know who talks to him in that scene? Is is it is it Morbius or is it Blade? It's Blade. Yeah. No, There's I'm more to, in this movie. to tell me about Dane DeHaan's best friend is Blade. <laughs> I am mad at you. I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you a second chance at that sentence. Try again. Think about it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, Just yeah. say Dane. My, my main man, Dane. Yeah, Dane. 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 My main man, Dane. Dane went. <laughs> Blade, if Blade took one look at Dane DeHaan, he'd be like, that's a vampire and cut off his head. Like, <laughs> He does have pointy little teeth. Little fucker. He's a little, little freak. <laughs> Kay, did this go as badly as you thought it would? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Glad that we at least met oh, expectations. Yeah. We only dropped the yeah. bar further. Uh, final thoughts on Spider-Man. <laughs> He's my favorite fictional character of all time. Wow. Yeah. Um, my final thought is... Uh, the opposite of a spider is a squirrel. <sighs> um, objectively untrue. Oh, our, our, like it feels like we're about to wrap up, and I feel like we haven't warned Kay about this thing that we must legally do. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Kay, we... Uh, you can cut this actually out of the fucking podcast. We, podcast, I probably uh, will. We, as, um... As you know, we speak to each other in the every single day. almost daily. <laughs> And we have started a bit um, over a year ago in which every time we hang up, we have to say Yeah, yeah she's yes. seen us talk on the phone. Uh, so, Kay, I would also okay. like for you to so, participate, please. Just insert Yeah, so you, you come insert up the word by own. into something we've talked about. <laughs> we literally cannot end this until we do this. I... God, uh, yeah, do I sound enthusiastic yeah. about I, this? No, you sound as, as, you sound as angry all. as we do. <laughs> You sound as angry as you should with what you're being I'm asked. seething with invisible rage. All right. Mike, you got anything? Or no, are we, are, Kay, Kay never gave her last thought. Oh, oh yeah, I what don't. are your final thoughts, Kay? I don't have any. All right. We've <laughs> <laughs> no. completely drained her of thoughts. No thoughts. I, I've got a, I've got a great one to leave out on, so. All right. I'm not going first. Okay, I'll go first, and mine's much more disappointing than whatever yours is going to be, I'm sure. So uh, to end um, to end this off, I will simply say uh, it's been great, um, and I'm going to say uh, good scorp buy in. All right, Kay, you got to follow that. <laughs> I was literally just going to say uh, Spider-Man, spider Spider-Man. <laughs> That's exactly as much effort as you should put into this. I respect. (laughs) It's the first thought. Well, best thought. I've got a, uh, I've got a goma to, god damn it. (laughs) Finish it. Finish it. I've got a, I've got a gorma to cone. (laughs) 
I've got to go. Go, 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 Marticone. Mike. What? What is the matter with you? I'm trying to draw Marticone. Draw sounds like go. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I've got a Jorma Dagon. You got a green goblin. You got a, so many other things. <laughs> uh, Jorma to chat. Oh, <laughs> That's one of our better ones, honestly. Chris, do you want to do uh, my send off after the, the thing? You know it? I know your send off. Okay. So I will say I've been Kay. I've been Chris. <laughs> I've been Mike. And uh, go watch a goddamn Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I don't try and say it at the same time as Craig anymore because it doesn't sync up, ever. Um, So uh, if anyone is still goddamn listening, (laughs) holy shit, thank you. All right. Three, two, one. Hi, hello. This is Raiders of the Lost Ark. I almost said pod. I almost you, said pod. Hi. Every time. I almost, I do. Hi, uh, this is Raiders of the Lost Art. This is your guest host today, Michael Lee. I just want to say, Mike, that was a great intro, but you, incorrecting yourself by not saying pod, you did just say art singular instead of arts plural, the name of the pod. <laughs> Damn it.